Hello, welcome to uh, Edge of Empire. I'm Michael, um, one of your hosts. The not very and good I'm one. I'm Graham, the other one of your hosts. Much better host. <laughs> I beg to differ. Well, you're certainly better looking. <laughs> well, that's subjective. Very subjective, my friend. I don't know. The wife tells me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, how have you been? I've been really good, actually. Not okay. too bad at all. Um, busy. Very busy. Um, lots of lots of heresy this month. Actually, been a very busy August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. August has been very busy. Hence, why we haven't had a chance to record. So. Yeah, so it went went quite well. So, um, should we get into it? And s- yeah, let's do this then. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think the first thing we always touch on is the new releases. So, yes, uh, there's been quite a few in the meantime. So, uh, yeah, so uh, we have got a few, haven't we? Yes. Some we haven't talked about, I don't think. Yeah, quite a few. There's a, there's a big long list there. Um, so, the first one was the Sakaran Punisher Assault Tank. Yes. This is yes, I like this one. Yeah, we kind of speculated uh, on that on, on the last episode, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, which one was this one? Is this the one with the um, Punisher cannon? Uh, Eighteen shots. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we were kind of like a bit ambivalent about it. I still don't think um, it looks great. I'm not quite sure what it would do. Yeah, it can't already be done by other things. But I mean, you know, it's just a care and then it looks cool. So it does look cool. It's very, very anti-infantry. Um, I could certainly see it having a role in elite armies. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for plain old troops armies, you could probably do the same with Fury of the Legion from a tactical squad. But then again, it's got strength five. You could. I mean, but even rapier, quad quad, um, quad bolters would do the same. Probably a few points cheaper as well. Yeah, they're putting out... Uh, a squad of them is putting out six... 12 Eight. uh, yeah 18 yeah 18 shots uh and heavy bolters so yeah yeah, yeah it's uh, so i suppose it depends on what sort of armor you've got if you've got a you know armored breakthrough or something and you want that kind of shooting then it's probably the one for you but yeah it's gonna take up a heavy support slot choice and i'd imagine there's probably quite a lot of contention for them anyway yeah i suppose the the, the advantage it has over the rapiers is it's a uh, um a fast tank it is that is true so it can get about a bit um and shoot things up uh, yep. So it does have that advantage, and also, you know, it's not going to. I suppose, I'm trying to think, you know, you're not going to get taken out by bolt of fire, and the rapiers, although you know, toughness seven until their guns are gone, um, aren't massively vulnerable to it. They still could be, like you say, few of the legion, for example, could probably rip through a squad of rapiers. Yeah. Um, if you're within twelve, I would have thought statistically anyway. Unless you're me, and in which case it wouldn't happen. Uh, to me, it's it's an option. Yeah, it's just it's a cool looking option. It's a cool looking option. I might get one for my word bearers, but uh, okay, yeah, I can't see it ha- filling any role in my uh, ultramarines. But I don't think we'll see it all that often on the tabletop. To be honest, no, I think you're probably right. Um, yeah, particularly after what I saw this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, then the next one was the uh, Karen Patton Acquisitor. Uh, Acquisitor. Yeah, Acquisitor for the Sisters of Silence. Mm. The Dune one. Yes, this has got um, the Jesuits Sadarat written all over it, really, doesn't it? It just looks like it's straight out of the David Lean film from 1980-something. Yeah. Um, it's got that aesthetic big style, um, which actually, if you think about it, part of the, if you want to be completely sci-fi nerdy about it, a lot of the 40K lore actually came from a lot of the Dune lore. If you look at things like, yeah, um, you know, where they got rid of all the machines, for example, um, in 40K 
law. Yeah. Um, a very similar thing happens in, in June, um, if I remember rightly, from a long time since I read it. But So I can see why it's a bit of a bit of a nod back to that. But yeah. I mean, it looks it looks cool. It, it looks it really looks, cool. I like the kind of the way that it doesn't... There's, there's kind of no detail to it, which makes it look menacing, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the sort of thing that's going to rock up into the middle of a, you know, somewhere where there's a rogue psycho or something and just disgorge these, you know, crazy ladies who are going to, you know, be completely unemotional as they go about their business. Yeah. So I think it fits that aesthetic very well. And it's got lots of cool guns. Has it? Usually yeah. anything to do with this whole kind of Talons of the Emperor thing, you know, it's, it's going to have cool shit coming out of the wazoo. So, uh, well, so what's it got? It's got a Helium Pattern Heavier Cannon Array. Um, basically, it's a super twin-linked autocannon. It's All right. Strength 7 AP4 Heavy 4 with yep. pinning. Right. Um, it's also got an all specs and stealth. Okay. And Jens uh, from um, Northern Heresy, uh, he's the only sister player I think I know. Yeah, um, he was suggesting putting sisters in it with the execution blades. Oh yes, uh, and he, a custody's character—I can't remember the exact one—and it would end up infiltrating. Right, very good. So, it's, mm. it's, 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 it's got some interesting it's a, it's options. A, it's kind of a—it's um, a skimmer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be good. Could be really good. And it's got um, and it's got the nice thing where the front comes off as well, and yeah, you can change them with magnets. Oh right, okay. Which, I would like to see some more um, Sisters of Battle. I think I've, I don't think I've ever seen them in in anything that I've played against, to be honest with you. So it'd be good to see some more of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what else have we got going on then? Uh, there was a Blood Angels transfer sheet. Right. Not much you can really say about that, but it's no, a very it's pretty one. Nice, nice pictures of Blood Angels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice banners. They um, are. They are. Yeah. And actually, as I actually played Blood Angels for the first time the other day, I have a, a, a newfound respect for the the brethren of the of the cup, as it were. Yeah, they're they're, they're quite nice in Heresy. Um, mm. The transfers are lovely, um, but yeah, they, they're going to have some lovely models. Got you. And the upgrade kits they've got already are quite nice. They are, yeah. Uh, okay, so the next to come out was something that you love. Love so much that I actually bought. Yes. It must be said. The Sakara. I haven't put it together yet, but Sakaran I have got one. Arca Strike Tank. I like the look of this. Actually, to be honest with you, if they just said it could have been anything, it just said instant death. If you have a Cortex controller, so I've just like bought it for that. But um, <laughs> it's 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 actually got a lot of uh, a lot of cool things. This uh, a for me. I mean, it's a you know they obviously know their market. Uh, it's it's on a Sakaran uh, chassis, which is a really cool looking chassis for a tank. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's also got the uh, kind of whirlwind Scorpius turret, effectively. Very mm -hmm. similar looking thing. Yeah. Um, but weirdly enough, it's not uh, it's not barrage. No. So you have to have line of sight to use it. Yeah. Uh, the I mean, the basic missiles, the, the, the twin Arcus launcher with the Arcus warheads. Lots yeah. of Arcus is in there. Um, 36 inch range, strength 8, AP 2, heavy 4, and it forces jinkery rolls. That, very good that's on a fa that's on a fast tank with 13 12 12 and i think the tank's got extra armor as a basic uh, they usually do uh that's going to eat up most armies elites it is i suppose it's it's like i said 36 range you know it, it's a good way to stop people getting on top of you because yeah. they have to worry about it but um it's an interesting one because it's it, it kind of fills a bit of the area that is currently occupied by legion medusas yeah um 
with the and, and I've had varying luck with the Medusas, which I'll probably come on to when I talk about um, some of the battles I've been in recently. But uh, forcing jink rerolls now that actually is massively useful because one of the big trends I saw at the weekend was the use of uh, Dark Angels jet bikes, and I'll come on to it later. But suffice to say that they're absolute, um, you know, that they're they're tricky. They're tricky mm. to deal with, and uh, you know. They'll be basically jinking on fours, obviously, because they get jink saves, but they'll have to re-roll them. So they, this could be a good counter for that. Yeah. Um, it's just a question of um, getting in line of sight to get them so they don't, before they kind of kill you with other stuff. So, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, and it can also take other missiles as well, can't it? It can. Oh, yeah, so good. another good thing is this sky, like I say, the sky spear missiles yeah. for the anti-air, which is, which is good because it gives you... a. You know, one of the things that you deliberate or I deliberate about is, you know, if somebody rocks up with two um, lightnings all crackened up, for example, in my mm-hmm. arm, against an armoured breakthrough list, yeah. you know, they're, they're going to die. You know, it's gonna, they're going to take out one tank each a turn for two turns, I would have thought. So, yeah, it could be four really useful tanks gone without anything, to, without any reply, really. I mean, you used to be basically trying to hit them on sixes with, yeah. unless you've got some dedicated anti-air. So, yeah, which I think all army should have. This could fill that role as well. So, you know, I, I agree. I mean, I generally do put something in there, uh, yeah. either another flyer or something to kind of counter that. But yeah. um, that is a, that is a you know, the Skyspear missiles, I, I think it's, it's, I don't know if it's get interceptor or not, or whether it's just anti-air. Um, I'll have to look at the rules in a minute. Uh, I don't know. Has he got? Has he got interceptor? Let's have a look. Um, I'll, I, I'm just going to yeah. have a look at the rules. All right, you have a look at that, and I'll talk about the other missile type, which is this. Uh, um, what is this one? Pyrex. Oh, Pyrex. Has... Yeah, I mean that is that, that's that's, a... that's going to go in every one of my when I use that. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is only AP four to be fair. So you know, but if you could drop it on, you know, the big. We're not the Thanatars, but um, what's the other one's called? I should know these. They were the bane of my life when Christian had them. Balax. Balax. Yeah. You know, instant. I mean, they're three wounds and their toughness seven. So if you could instant death them if they fail a three plus save, that would be awesome. Oh, so, is that um, there with the neutron flux? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The neutron flux ones. Are the oh, anti- sorry. Yeah, the Pyrex is the anti infantry with the north. Yeah, north cover. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah. But I think it's like strength. I mean, it's one of those things where all the ignores cover stuff very rarely seems to be a high AP for probably balancing reasons. Yeah, but so, um, it would be perfect against uh, who's was it? Who's solar? Who who had the solar auxilia that they put behind um, a uh, defense line? Was it Phil? everybody who has solar auxiliary puts well, them behind a defense line? But then, they, <laughs> but then you're suddenly taking that two pl- that two plus car, uh, cover save and, you, and you're destroying yes. it. Uh, so the Pyrex is quite good. The, is o- the only problem I can see with the Neutron Flux Warhead um, yeah. is that it's range. 24, isn't it? 24. Yeah. Which, not as big a deal on a fast vehicle. Yeah. But if we start seeing everybody taking the Neutron Fluxes, I think we're going to see fewer things with um, Cortex controllers like Vortexes, yeah. and we'll see more things that don't need the Cortex controllers, like Ursaraxes. Yeah, and weirdly or is it enough... The, or is it the Dominators? One of the big ones. Yeah. I mean, it's um, it was interesting, because I actually played a Mechanicum army at the weekend, and that didn't have any Cortex controllers in it at all, so this would make no difference to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, the thing is, like I say, 24-inch range, and the range of the phalax with the sort of dark lancey things whatever they're called i can't remember what they're called they're, which is 60 inch range when they've got you know i think they've got lance strength seven mm-hmm. 
you know, so they're going to shoot you way before you get to them, even if you drove 12 at them. So it's going to be fairly situational. It's going to be good for stopping being advanced upon by some big robots, but I don't think you'll be able to hit big shooty robots who are going to cannily just stay out of range and in hiding cover, I would Indeed. have thought. But the Sky Spear do have Interceptor. They do, so that is... Um, the thing is, it's going to be weird, this one, because if you buy it now, like I have, in a fit of uh, joy, and then realise that nobody will let you play it because it's experimental rules. So <laughs> until a book comes out with the rules in... You're a bit knacked if you're going to play, nah. you know, it, it, on these kind of national events because we we do it, you know, they all we all ban experimental rules because you know they need to go through that sort of QA process. Yeah, although to be fair, this is the first time in a while that they've done experimental rules. Yeah, I agree. I, I wonder if there's going to be because from what I understand it, which will probably come into in the news thing, is that um, the next book's not due for you know 2018, maybe even 2019. So. It's going to be some time before we see another book with these new uh, models in it, potentially. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a bit of sort of not not much word coming on the book. So, yeah, hopefully they'll get... I mean, uh, to be honest, at the week when we do our weekend, I might be tempted to say experimental rules are fine. Yeah, um, I, mean, I suppose it very much depends on what's out there in the experimental rules section. Yeah, as long as you it, haven't got something which is everything instant death with a massive yeah. template, yes. uh, it should be fine. <laughs> Okay, so we may well review it model by model. Yeah, but I mean, um, I'm going to get one of these Arca Strike tanks. I'm going to give it a Dozer Blade, Pyrex, and a Sky Spear. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, and that's I, think, um, I don't think I would take the Pyrex. I think I would just take the Sky Spear and um, the potentially yeah. the Cortex controller one, just because, just in case. Yeah, but I mean, this pretty much means I don't wouldn't need to take a Devastator squad. <laughs> Yeah, the, the only the only thing it I would say it fills really good. It fills in a lot it, of roles. It does, but the only thing I would say, and the mistake I make with the armor breakthrough to a certain extent is, it only takes one lucky shot and that tank's gone. Yeah, this is true. So, it's just one good las cannon shot with a six, and it's history. Yeah, and so you sort of look at your arm and you think, yeah, that can cover that, that can cover that, but then you know, one shot from a, uh, you know, a a Spartans quad launch, quad late last cannon thing, and it's it's history. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very easy to get caught up in the which I have done many times in this kind of trap of thinking, yeah, that can deal with that, and that's going to be really cool. And then you roll it out there thinking, right, next turn this thing is going to unleash hell, and of course anybody else is just going to target it and shoot it as best they can. So it's it, it may require a little, you know, the thing with the Devastator Squad, I suppose, ultimately is there's you know five of them. It's going to be five shots, but you know bolters and stuff. But even so, just something to bear in mind. Yeah, I mean, there's a well, heavy support squad, not devastated squad. I'm oh yeah, getting sorry. myself mixed up there. That was me <laughs> started that one. Um, yeah, yeah. The, but the, it's the thing with all armies trying to build in redundancies. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So what's next? Uh, what was next? Some sisters of silence prosecutor cadre upgrades. Um, okay. That was just arms for it, just because the uh, basic girls that they have they have bolters um <coughs> but they could also take um they can also dual wield bolt pistols all oh, right and this is just a basic upgrade to allow them to do that all oh, right this is um this is what for the plastic sisters models yeah for the plastic sisters yeah. models it's just arms oh, to, that fit on them nice. and then there was the legio custodes aquilan terminators right yeah these look look they're kind of like quite big aren't they with the big shoulders is yeah 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 on 50 mil bases as well Wowzers. 
and they are pretty terrifying. Yeah, they they don't look they don't look like particularly pleasant. Uh, stats they've got fives all round with two wounds and three attacks. Wowzers! And they get hammer of wrath. Right. They can fire Overwatch and make sweeping advances, and they've still got a four plus save, invulnerable save. Jesus. So I mean, these guys can one shot just there and fire Drakes and Galvor back. Because um, they can oh, just take seventy five points each. That's a lot for a one model. Yes, 75 points each. It's, 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 <laughs> it's the same with anything, Custodes. You you know, you know you might have some really awesome stuff, but you won't have a lot of it. No, it's funnily enough, I'll come on to this. Um, just talking, my, my brother sent me his list that he's thinking of taking to the Derby event. He's thinking of taking Custodes, and I'm like, crikey, that's not many models for 2,500 points. But yeah, that kind of price, that's what you get for an elite army, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they can do some stuff, but once they start taking damage, you know, you yeah. really start losing your ability yeah, to I mean, do stuff. You know, two, you know, you unleash a few of the Legion, let's say, within 12 inches, 40 shots, you get super lucky. You know, you might get five wounds if you're lucky. And just that time when you roll double ones for your saves, you know, and you've lost 150 points, basically, which is the same as a 10 man um, tactical squad slightly less than in fact yeah yeah so yeah it's horses for courses i mean they look great they're probably really mean and they're going to scare the producers out of you if they're coming at you oh definitely uh, and they can make five attacks on the charge if if the misericorder is a close combat weapon wow blimey so yep. a squad of three of them is going to do 15 attacks yeah that's a lot it is okay so what uh, so what else was there the last thing was uh that, that has been released since then is a um a thousand sons praetor i like the look of this guy i've got yeah, to say yeah lovely guy uh, he was uh, they first showed him off at the uh, weekend in february uh-huh. and apparently he was going to be originally they looked to do him uh, uh, uh he was going to be just an ordinary um thousand sons terminator yeah but when they looked at the you know the costs apparently it was going to be ridiculous to have an all resin set uh, right. thousands on terminators you know i mean yeah. some of the terminators are quite expensive yeah the whole resin set um so they just did the upgrade kit and people loved him so they released him nice so that was yeah he looks, he looks cool i've got to say very nice looking model yeah yeah no no i mean he's reasonably basic in his armament you know a power weapon and a, and a combi bolter but man he's beautiful yeah definitely uh, ah, cool. Now that they've done all these Thousand Sun things, maybe they can get onto some Space Wolf stuff. Oh, there we go. <laughs> it basically seems to be Thousand Suns and uh, um, Custodies that they've kind of put quite a lot of stuff in recently, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not much for um, not much for the, the, the Space Wolves yet, but apparently they're going to get some um, some upgrade kits. All right, okay. So that'll be good. But we'll see. But that that was kind of the word from the. Uh, uh, from from the uh, Heresy, uh, not the Heresy Weekender, the um, Board World Open Day. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. Okay, so that that covers pretty much everything that's been released since we last recorded. And it's a fair amount of stuff, and we've even bought stuff from it as well for once. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, for once. Yeah. I shall do a when I when I do eventually put the new kit together. I'll, I'll do an unboxing. There you go, or something crazy to whatever you kids on the internet do these days. Um, oh definitely do a video we'll put it up on YouTube <laughs> oh dear I'll just tidy my room first 
So freaking next time. I'll definitely get myself a uh, one of those uh, those uh, st- the, the, the uh, salt tanks. Yeah, a castus. Yeah. Cool. So, what are you working on? I know you're a man who's always whose output is 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 legendary, and you haven't let us down this month. So, what have you done? Uh not an awful lot in terms of heresy i've done a lot for uh, everything else I, i've had yes. a bit of adhd because i'm i've basically um uh what's the word what's the word I'm, i've had difficulty concentrating on one project so i've done a bit of ultramarines i've done a bit of space walls some tau um uh, some blood ravens and i've not really sort of done very much at concentrating on one thing but for heresy what i have done is a, a serastus uh chiastus i'm not sure how to pronounce it <laughs> The Assault Ram. Yes, now I'd like to see this because I've got one and I haven't painted it yet. Um, they look mean. Yeah, yeah, it's quite nice. I, I've had this idea to do a, a breaches list for yes. absolutely ages um, of, of just breaches and because um, Ultramarines can take breaches with uh, um, what you call it uh, power swords. So I've got a squad of them and I've got a bunch of. Um, bunch of stuff from uh, a, a bunch of n- normal breaches a um, couple of land raider proteuses and then that and some evictari surizen so it's going to be an all you know everyone with shields right so should be quite fun to play yeah i mean everyone says oh but it's not a very optimal list well, i don't care <laughs> Very good. Looks so okay. I think that will be a nice thing to see, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I'll put up a photo on the uh, on the thing. Um, I'll see if I can uh, get a better photo of it than what I have done, because I've done some experimenting with taking better photos this month. Um, right, yes, I saw that as well. That was a very marked difference, just changing the bulb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went from having just a normal bulb that I bought the co-op to a, um, a daylight bulb from Wilkinson's, and the, the the improvement is huge. Yeah, it's massive. It's an absolutely enormous difference, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, because I painted... Uh, Greiger Fellhan for the Space Wolves uh-huh. I, I will eventually do Space Wolves in, in, as a heresy army because I've already got all the, the, the drop pods so you know may as well do it uh, and I like drop pods in wolves so yep. like wolves in drop pods so uh-huh. I painted him up as the first unit for them uh, it's quite oh, nice yeah. um, I've done him in the baby blue though you know more well a grey blue got you so um, which I know some people which I know some people are all eh but I like it Plus, it'll match my drop pods. Yeah, it's a funny thing, colours, isn't it? I mean, we get the same thing about Dark Angels being green. Well, they ha- they can have green shoulder pads um, yeah. in the Heresy. Got you. Um, Dark Angels that came from Caliban had a green shoulder pad. Got you. But we'll probably I mean, get did, more did of that I, in the next book. Is it kind of urban myth or one of those things that the only reason that Dark Angels are green is because of a paint set that they did to paint marines with and they kind of called it dark angel green yeah yeah it was so, oh, who was it that, originally they were black yeah someone 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 said this i can't remember who it was someone from the from the from the early days and yeah it was something like um they had a paint set um and they didn't want to put black in it again because black was in the basic paint set right <laughs> so they had a yeah. green and the dark angels became green became dark angels green from that point on so there you go yeah. So it's interesting, isn't it? I suppose the blue of the, the, the sort of lighter powder, not powder blue, but the sort of lighter blue, bluey grey of the latter day Space Wolves versus the kind of yeah. d- more dark kind of battleshipy grey undercoat well, when look, I, the older ones. Well, when I was first deciding what Legion to do, I was very, very tempted to do Space Wolves. 
but right. sort of was sort of waiting for you know the book with them in. I got yeah. impatient and ended up doing ultramarines and word bearers in the meantime. Uh, yes. But I spoke to Neil Roberts at the first Warhammer Fest, uh-huh. and I asked, you know, when you paint the space walls, you know, uh, why do you paint them grey? Because, um, you know, and I asked basically, you know, asking questions about why are they grey in the Heresy and why are they blue in modern 40k? Because there's not, I can't yeah. really find why or when they changed. And he said, yeah. And I take this as uh, that, uh, oh, they're just better at keeping their armor clean in the 41st millennium. Well, there you go. It mentioned a power wash. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll take that, I'll take that as that. And I, I, I don't know if he was joking or not, but when I spoke to Alan Blythe at the 40K Open Day last, last November, um, and I said, yeah, I want to do Space Wars, but I'm thinking of doing them in the same blue I do my 40K ones. And he was like, yeah, that, that's fine. It works. Well, there you go. So... Um, I'm the great man himself, no longer with us, unfortunately. But No, no. That's sadly very true. So, yeah. yeah. So, what about you? What have you been working on? More tanks? No. no? I haven't painted a tank for some time. I, well, yeah, kind have I? Let I me just, before I say that, let me just quantify what that would entail. Have I painted a tank from scratch? No. Ah. Have I touched up a few tanks, if you will? Sounds like something you get arrested for, but um, yes, I have. Yes, I have. I've been kind of going back through some of the earlier things I've painted and, um, you know, putting some more stripes on them and making them looking a bit more iron warrior y. And one of the things I had to do was um, I put, for some crazy, I don't even know why I put it in there, I put a Damocles in my list for the um, for Greg's event, so the mm-hmm. Imperial event, first blood. And I've only got one thing to come up with reserve, so, but actually, even that didn't work particularly well for me, but. Um, I realize I haven't got a Damocles. What I've got is the um, other half of the the Warhammer World kit. You know, the one where you've got the, the command tanks. Celsius and the command tanks. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, so, I, um, I, I'm just turning around to look at my box still unopened. <laughs> so basically, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to... It looks like a Damocles. It's got a big radar dish on it. I mean, it, it, you, know, you can look at it and go, it's some sort of command tanky thing. It doesn't look like a, just a normal rhino. So... Um, although it is the newer chassis, but I thought, well, if it's command tank, it's going to be the latest version of everything. So, well, so I basically, think, I think you've got to be a bit of a dickhead to object to it. As a, I'm as sure nobody does, but you never know. Somebody might. Um, so I painted that up, and I, what I did is actually was quite cool. I found the one of the heads from uh, the Imperial the Knight set. Oh, yes. actually looks very skull-like. So I basically put that on the front of it to cover over some of the Imperial um, iconography. Yeah, I've got uh, one of them for you. And um, it looks pretty cool, actually, because you can paint it silver with gold trim. It looks just like an Iron Warrior skull. So uh, it's I did that. So I did a bit of bit of that bit of conversion of that to look, make it look less imperial. <clears throat> and it was all good from there. Yeah. Cool. Um, so that was that. I also started working on my World Eaters finally. Hey. So I've got a batch painting them up at the moment. So I've been doing some Terminators. I've been doing. Um, heavy support guys with rocket launchers or missile launchers yeah and i've done i've done a rhino as well oh rhino so i've got a, a backlist of stuff to paint for this army so i've got a leviathan i've got three bloody four dreadnoughts that are sitting here in front of me i've got three how i've managed to get three i don't know but i've got three um dreadclaw drop pods oh very nice I've got so much stuff, Michael. It's not right. I, I'm, I've got a problem. I, I just keep buying stuff, and then realizing yeah, that. I'm, I'm it's, it's kind of like secondhand stuff that's, you know, too good to resist for the price. And so I buy is it. That, is that all think, from Phil? 
it's kind of in or around that kind of trading circle that is uh, Phil, Christian. David Dickinson, and Chris. The the wheeler dealer of the heresy scene locally. So I've got three of them. I've traded some stuff with Christian, so he's doing an Alpha Legion thing now, which is good to see him back. Yes, yes, um, he, he briefly so left. He did, yes. Yeah. So I've got some Terminators for him. Um, I've given him some uh, Mark III Marines so they can get started. So I'm trying to get rid of some of the stuff because I've started to top the points up of the stuff that I haven't painted. And it's it's about 4,500 points. And it's like you've got a massive Iron Warriors army and you've got this that you haven't even started yet, you greedy bastard. So um, what I'm going to do is that's why I need to paint it. I need to basically start putting stuff together and get it painted. So. Yeah, I, I've been... So I was actually, before we recorded, because um, I missed your message earlier on uh, when you said you were about at 4.30 odd um, <laughs> I was tidying up the, the, the studio and um, yeah put, combined, co- condensed down all my um, the, you know betrayal at Kaus and, uh, and, yeah, uh, and such that's what I've done as well I ended, yeah. I ended up discovering I have 50 marines Ooh. unbuilt yeah. uh, and I've still not even touched the, uh, the glaive or the um, or the uh, Charybdis oh, Jesus, I thought I was bad. So I've got loads. Like I say I've got loads of bloody marchers. I've got loads of sisters of silence because I wanted to do an army of them at some point. Mm. Uh, I just need to get a grip. So that's my plan. I'm going to do what I set out to do. Do this world eaters army because I said I was going to do it. So I need to do it. Yeah. Um, so that's that. So also this month, I think it was this month. I don't know if we talked about it last month. I got a um, uh, some quad launchers. Uh, from yes, I picked them up for you. Yes, yes it was you last month. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, um, the 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 the, um, the, um, the Death Corps of Krieg ones. Yeah. So I really like these guns. I think we might have talked about it last month actually. So the World War One look. So they got painted up and everything this month. So yeah, they they uh, do look good. They look all right. So um, I've, uh, they look good for. They very much fit the Iron Warriors thing, and I'm going to be using them. So that's it. The, the things I've got to paint though. Well, now that we've decided, I'm going to what my list is going to be like for. Uh, Greg's event in Derby, which I'll recommend to anybody because it's going to be a big one, mm-hmm. um, is a Derrideo, which I which I traded for with John for some stuff, and um, and got some Las Cannon Havocs to put together, Iron Havocs to put together as well. Oh, very good. So yeah, so that's it. So a bit of stuff to be working on, and not a great deal of time to do it. No, 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 no. Um, okay, so let's have a look at what 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 has happened in the in the news then, State of the Union. Um, so I think the big thing yeah. was the, the Ford World Open Day. Right. So, I mean, what they had on sale, for because they always put stuff on advance buy, they had pretty much, a, uh, they had a load of stuff that we've already covered. But they also had that big Custodes Orion assault dropship. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, the big, big Custodes flyer. Yeah, that looks great. That's yeah, a great it, it does. It's pretty pricey, though. Is it? I'm not sure how much it's going. How much is it going for? Do you know? Um, oh, let me get the let me get the, the the price list up again. I did have it. Uh, da, 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 Ford World Open Day. Uh, no, that's not it. I want the community site. Sorry, I've, I've got it in my links here while we're looking at it because they, they didn't unveil an awful lot at the uh, the Open Day. Um, okay, so the Orion dropship, which looks looks the business. I mean, it's just so different from almost any other flyer out there. Yeah, it does. No, no rules for it yet, but uh, but I can't be a long away before getting released. I expect that'll get released this Friday. So, um, 
it'll be passed for you guys by the time you listen to this um <laughs> but i will insert uh, you know a bit if it is released on friday or, or in the in the new releases bit that yeah. costs 275 pounds oh, that's a lot for a flyer it is and it's a transport flyer yeah, but if you look at Garrow, um, the the guy on um, Facebook who goes to a yeah. lot of these events, um, he's done building the kit, and it's fully detailed inside as well. Right. So it's, I suppose it's like a it's like a big towel towel one, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah, like one of the big towel ones, like yeah. almost like a. T- it's going to be on a, the same flying base as the tiger fish, the tiger shark, not tiger fish. Right. Is on. Uh, what else was released that we haven't seen yet? The Sakaran Omega. This is the one with the plasma cannons. Yeah, it? it looks like plasma. I'm assuming yeah. it's plasma, but yeah, yeah. That, that that looks nice. Mm. That that might... it looks a bit. It looks a bit like it's trying too hard. <laughs> it's it's a very long barrel, and it's a bit more expensive than a normal Sakaran. Normal Sakaran will set you back seventy nine quid. Yeah. Um, this Sakaran will set you back eighty two pounds. Okay. So it's an extra three pounds for the long barrels. But they so are Omega quite, Tank Destroyer would imply that it's going to be good against tanks. It, see, it looks a bit like the plasma arrays off the Derrideo, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, look- yeah. I'm I'm very interested in this simply because mm-hmm. I'm always struggling with the killing of tanks, especially I, when I play you. I can sell you a nice Venator. I've got, <laughs> a, ven- I've got a Venator. Oh, anyway, we'll come on to that. I've, Go got, on. I've got a Venator. <laughs> <laughs> um, who did I get the Venator off? Oh, I actually bought it from Portal. Never mind. Um, okay, and then the other thing was the Legio Custodes Aquilan Terminators with Infernus Firepikes. Right. What on earth? This sounds like a... It's like well, a, a long... Everything. A long just flamer. The, just the big guys that we were talking about with the two wounds and fires all over. Yes, but this time all armed with flamers. Okay. I expect these are AP2 flamers, are they? With um, shred or something. You know what? I don't know. Um, okay. I'll have a look. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna pull up the book, uh, and we'll have a, and we'll have a look at that. So, um, but I think I've read that uh, they're very good for dealing with hordes, for example. Right. Okay. Makes sense. Um, which flamers is, yeah. uh, you know, makes sense um, because uh, at the end of the day, da 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 da. Right. I've got the book up here. Uh, fire pikes. Um, fire pikes are good. Yeah, they look like they're good against hordes. Um, ah, oh, I can't see the. All right, don't I can't, worry, the, I can't. I can't. Yeah, it must be somewhere in there. Anyway, um, yeah, I'll. Never mind. But yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the the word is they're good against hordes uh, and tarpit units, which are obviously the things that that um custodies struggle with yeah absolutely yeah so that that was the pretty much the new stuff that was on sale okay yeah, it was weird because they were talking about the, the open day being not that great this year because there's lots of people there and some of the seminars were hard to get into and things so i don't know if it's kind of become more successful than it can actually cope with yeah well i i i was going to go but then was told i couldn't ah. uh because uh we were going we were going to somewhere else so <laughs> I got that, um, but I mean, in terms of the big obviously announcement was Necromunda. Yeah. So there was a lot of focus on that, and they, yeah, they've got I some think. nice models for that. There yeah. was some heresy stuff though. Got um, Let's let's see. I've got the photos up here. Um, they had the new doors for the rhinos. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, not not the most exciting thing. But they had doors for Demios pattern rhinos, right? Um, and new doors mm-hmm. for Mars rhinos as well, including Iron Warriors. All right, and well, Landra- I, I... and the uh, an old school looking ones for the rhinos. Uh, sorry, the, for the for the yeah f- um, the Demios rhinos, the Mars rhinos, and Land Raiders. Got you. I'm not sure if these were Mark II Land Raider doors though, or. Okay, fair enough. But they've got the they've got the land raider door and the and the bit that goes up. Ah, okay. Oh, yeah, I know the bit. Yeah, yeah, and that's in the very old school. I think they had blood angels, dark angels, iron warriors, sons of Horus. Right. I think that was it. Okay. So cool. lo- lots of options for those legions. Very nice. Um, what else? They had a new weapon for the um, Telamon dreadnought. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. I think they had a couple of new weapons for the Telmon Dreadnought. No name oh. on that that I can see. Um, and a Space Wolves Terminator. Oh, right. Uh, Specifically. A single Space Wolves Terminator. Single Space Wolves Terminator. Um, from one of the, the, the specialist squads they have, which has got to be one of the ugliest Space Wolf models I have ever seen. Okay, fair enough. It's just not good. Right. Um, but apparently it's the least favourite one they did. Right. But it was the only okay. one that was ready. Got you. Oh, well, fair enough. Can't say fairer than that, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, in the, and then what else did they show off? Yeah, just new stuff for the Telemon Dreadnought. So, yeah, so not a lot of new stuff. I think the uh, no real word on when Angelus is coming. Yeah, that's, uh, the, that's the question, isn't it? It does feel like it is very much focused on... Yeah, maybe there's going to be a, a more space wolf stuff to bring them in line with the things they've done in the last book. Um, well, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of push for anything, you know, radically new. I suppose. Well, I suppose that flyer there isn't custodies. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, we had the two. The, the, we got the three Sakaran variants, but um, uh, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I suppose with the Sakarans, it's just the bloody turrets, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's not. You know what I mean, it's it's. I guess it's a it's a good and they know how popular the Sakaran is I and mean, it's one of their best selling kits, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but no no real word on Angelus, so a little bit of speculation. Will we get it this next year? Um I guess we'll see in November at the forty K open day. Um right. which I've got tickets for this time. Okay. Oh, interesting. Again. Good stuff. Um I've got I'm going down on the Sunday for that. Right. So we'll see if anything's going on. Yeah. Um hopefully, because last time at that one, they they were showing off uh, pages from um, uh, Inferno. Right. Okay. So hopefully we we'll get some word on Angelus because it will. I, I suspect if it's going to get released, it'll be at the uh, weekend of next year. Right. So what would that be like this time next year? Uh, February next year. February next year. Okay. Yeah. Right. February March. Oh, yeah. Hopefully in time for our weekender. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Okay. So that that's pretty much the big big news. I mean, everything else has pretty much been covered. Uh, the Orion, the the, the big Orion drop, yeah. assault dropship was on the was on the news page a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. All good. Yeah. So next next is your normal trawl through the pages of the Black Library. Yeah, uh, yeah. Perusing the finest literary stuff known to man. So, yeah, what well, have you got for us this month? Well, I'm I'm still reading Crimson King. Um, I've been I, having some issues with pain. I'm, I've got some reduced medication at the minute, so right. reading has been really hard to concentrate on. So I haven't finished the Crimson King, but I right. have finished Perserabo, the Hammer of Olympia. Ah, uh-huh. overall, 
really, really, really good. It's not my favourite of the series, but it's certainly up there with them because it's the first time we actually properly see Perturabo in his youth. Yes. You know, because, you know, at the time we've had, you know, the tyrant of, uh, you know, he was he was uh, the tyrant. He was aloof. He wasn't really thingy. But it's the first time we've actually seen that. Yes. You know, and you start to see, you know, how he was basically a bit of a dick as a kid. Um, they all were. Yes. Fair, but I think he was. He's no, he's no exception, is he? Yeah. Uh, and it sets up a few things that, that end up happening later on in the heresy. Like you've got Dantioch's disgrace. Um, you get some basic introductions to characters that we end up meeting later on, um, yep. Golg and stuff. And, you, and also in the early days, you kind of see the um, the family names of some of the uh, of some of who become later commanders of the the Iron Warriors, like Falk, right. uh, yeah, Falk, uh, and such. Uh, his cool. uh, uh, ancestor of his. Yeah. So it's it's quite it's quite good in that respect um, because you, it is interesting to see it. Uh, so it sort of concentrates on his very earliest upbringing in um, as flashbacks, right? On um, on Olympia, yeah. Um, and then um, and then it's sort of like just before the uh, the heresy, yep. Um, which is interesting because mm. uh, it's I think it's one of those books you should read after Magnus. Okay. Because when you read Magnus first, you get him early in the Crusade when yep. it was actually all really bright and optimistic and. And a, and a really cheery character. And in, uh, in this can't book, imagine that, yeah. In this book, you get him where he's the much harsher, cynical man who's kind of bitter. Right. Um, but then that's exactly how he starts off. Yeah. So sort of an interesting history there. He starts off as bitter and sort of aloof and not, you know, really trying to keep himself separate from the family that adopt him. Right. Then he becomes a very, you know, a really noble, bright um kind of character and yeah. then becomes cynical and bitter and twisted again yes so, there's definitely a pattern emerging there yeah no i'm liking the primark books because we're getting we are starting we are getting some nice insights into the primarchs yes i think that's the thing isn't it where to sort of see these characters um you know that have spanned you know many thousands of years some of them now um and what they were like at the beginning and you know the sort of hopes and dreams and aspirations they had at the beginning of this crusade and that I mean, I like the early books in Heresy because they have got that um, optimism behind them. You know, it's like you can sort of see the, the nobility behind the Great Crusade. Yeah, yeah. Ho- in case you were completely knackered. But, yeah, Horus Rising um, is a very good example of that. Yeah, and you can think, yeah, that makes sense. I like the idea that kind of... Ooh, oh, dogs. dogs. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of the sort of secular um, truth, if you like. Mm. You know, the idea that you know, all sort of religions and things are just superstition, hocus pocus, nonsense, and that the guiding light of the Imperium is this very secular, you know, truth is, you know, basically that thing. And then that kind of erodes it when things start to, to question that belief. Yeah. You know, things that start to creep in from the warp, and you can see the effect that people are like, actually, they've been lied to, or particularly the Space Marines, you know, it's like all this stuff we thought wasn't, was real, isn't really real. There's another thing that people like Horus knew about. Well, the Emperor certainly knew about and they never told us. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like the warp and how, you know, how so many things could have been avoided if they'd actually told them about them. But then maybe if they knew it was there, they'd go looking for it and they went up where they were anyway. So I can, it's always an interesting one that, that uh, you know, why didn't the Emperor let on? You know, what was his motivation for not letting on? And why sort of deny any kind of religious worship, even, you know, the Emperor's children worshipping him as a god? before it became effectively the religion in the imperium after that yeah so it's a it's an interesting thing interesting time yeah it's, 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 but 
I really like the book. It's it the the series is great. I think they've had they had a bit of a rocky start with um, Reboot Gulliman because that was actually the worst of the series so far. Right. Um, but the rest of them have all been really really good. Um, and and this one, as I said, you, you get to see Dantioch's downfall. Um, so you sort of got a full circle for Dantioch. You know, you see his downfall, his fall from grace with the um, with the Iron Warriors, and then yeah. and then right back to you know, as obviously you know his redemption and mm. uh, you know his turning against them. Yeah. Later on, so you see, so you see it, it's quite good uh, uh, because of that. Uh, Will you recommend Magnus first? I'd recommend reading Magnus first because yeah, you, okay. because you get a very different Perturabo in there. Okay. Uh, and that book's also quite good because um, it, you sort of see the or you know the 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 origins of several uh, of the characters that you will eventually meet in Angel Exterminators in the Iron Warriors books that uh, uh, Graham McNeil did later on. In um, yeah, uh, so yeah, definitely do do Magnus first, um, and then do Perturabo. So, yeah, that was, was good. It, it was interesting they were talking about why the Iron Warriors sort of in the book area why they make a good baddie if you like. Yeah. For chaos, particularly, but I suppose it, it kind of got its roots in this, and it was because they're not the crazy, you know, all-consumed. That they have a, a, a pragmatism about them that makes them, you know, a, a challenging adversary. They're not just madmen, you know. They, they, they're doing things by the numbers. They, you know, you know, almost winning by spreadsheet. I can just imagine, you know, that's exactly the sort of thing that they do. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's what appeals to me about not the fact that they just use spreadsheets to win wars, but you know, there's a there's a sanity to them, which I think is lacking in some of the other sort of um, pantomime villain-esque things that you get in the heresy. You, you see a lot of that in the in the Magnus book. It's sort of like um, they're, they're trying to evacuate this world, which is facing an oncoming natural disaster. And sort of um, Perturabo is sort of working out, you know, how long is it going to take to evacuate all the people? Um, uh-huh. And sort of seeing the numbers not coming up right, and it's really sort of affecting him. Yeah, you know, and he's sort of like, you know, we're here to save the universe for the humans. Yep, yep. Yeah, very interesting, interesting yep. characters for sure. Um, okay, and there's some upcoming books, I guess, that's come that, that we've got coming soon. Um, they announced the the ones for December today. In fact, right. Um, so we've got Black Shields, False War, which is an audio audio drama coming out this month. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to get some more Black Shield stuff because we've not really seen much of them in the fluff. Um, no, we haven't. We haven't. You're right. Uh, we got the next book, uh, main series book, Ruin Storm, which right. uh, everyone loves the cover for. Well, you, never, you should uh, never judge a book by the cover, as they say. Because you know you've got Sanguinius in some leopard, leopard print, and uh, <laughs> what sort of book is this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I think it's the book of them trying to get out of uh, Imperium Secundus. But yeah, you got you got uh, Sanguinius in his ar- his armor. He's got he's got this le- leopard print robe around him. Nice. And then um, and then Sanguinius. He does. It's very. It's a very very nineteen eighties look. <laughs> um, very- it's it's a very very um, you know, it's a very look, certain look to him. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, have you ever seen a program called Diners Dive In and Drives? I so I would remember it if I'd seen it with a title like that. No, I have it's not. A, it's a show on. It's a show on. I think it's on food television, uh, food net, network. My, uh, the other half watches it, um, yes. and I've. If you it. say so. they've got this, got they've got this host with bleach blonde hair and a dark and you know and a, a black beard, 
and that's right. basically what um oh yes what, i think I've seen uh, this one, that's basically it? what uh, um the, the the lion looks like got you so he's like he's got blonde hair and he's got this really dark beard and it's that's right like, i've seen that picture. i've seen a lot of memes you know <laughs> yeah yeah that'll be where yeah. um gotcha yeah so so that one's coming out in october right uh and october there's two more books as well you've got lawgar bearer of the word the, the normal Ooh. edition for that yeah i'm looking forward to and yes. the limited edition of fulgrim the palatine phoenix right and i then, hate them. i hate the empress children yeah i'm not the biggest fan i just can't stand them yeah anyway they are and then the, today they announced old earth Oh, what's this all about? By Nick Kime, and it's Vulcan again. So right. you've got Vulcan alive, and the thing that's got a lot of people talking is da 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 da. da. Uh, okay, so I'll just read the, uh, the the thing. Reborn in body and spirit beneath Mount Deathfire, the Primarch Vulcan gathers his most trusted sons and prepares for the final part of his journey. The is Legion... that what we call or heresy? Heresy. Uh, the the Nick, roll, 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 rewind a bit. What was that mountain called? Deathfire. Mount Deathfire. Was that made up by somebody in a D&D campaign from the 1980s? Pretty much. I mean, much. come on. <laughs> it's, a, it's an integral Let part of... It's an integral part... Yes! It's an integral part of the um, Salamander's Fluff. Oh, for goodness sake. Oh, come on, you used, to do, you used to play D&D with some of the guys. I know I did, and, and I would have called something Mount Deathfire when I was about 16. But yeah. No, later on, I would have called it Mount... Some weird thing. Yeah. Translated would have been death fire. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, so you've got the Legion Shattered at Isfan 5 have stalked the War Masters' advance across the galaxy, but fresh cracks are spreading through the alliance between the Iron Hand, Salamanders, and Raven Guards. Okay, along, this is, oh, yeah. along with mysterious rumours of the return of Ferris Manus. What? Yeah, did he have his head cut off? Yes, he had his head cut off. But mm-hmm. Fulgrim was cloning him. Right, because he would be, wouldn't he? Fulgrim was cloning him, playing chess with him, and then cutting his head off again. Really? Yeah. Oh, maybe I've got a bit more respect for Fulgrim. Uh, obviously, complete nut job, but you know. Well, it was Fabius cloning him. Uh, I should right, say. Right. Yes. It's 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 sort of um, it, there's a short story with that in. There, I think I remember. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So maybe, anyway, that maybe it's one good. of his clones. Mount Deathfire. Apologies to all Salamander's players who are probably upset now. Yeah. But um, Vulcan destroyed my Fellblade, so I'm frankly I've no sympathy for the bloke. Right then. So. Uh, games that we've been playing so this has been a really busy month for me so there's been two major things this month first of all was the event the Edge of Empires event that we ran at um, Sunderland's Battle Bunker yep uh, which is on August the 20th and then that was directly followed uh, this weekend just gone um, with the Imperial Truths event First Blood at um, Element Games mm-hmm. in Stockport so I'll talk through our one first yeah yeah so we put this nice. idea together some time ago so this was really to kind of wrap things up in the angstrom system which is the narrative that we had for the weekender yeah and so i quite like the idea of um from a narrative point of view of of a rescue mission uh you know kind of like a commando raid or something like that Mm, yeah Um, and i realized that obviously we never really satisfactorily satisfactorily worked out what happened to all the forces that were on the angstrom sector that well, basically, got cut off when the sector fell to the to the um, traitors. Yeah, so the guys who were stuck so this behind. Sort of was the, yeah, so this gave me a sort of narrative idea. So I thought, well, what we'll do is we'll have a rescue and we'll have some sort of secret raid 
by the forces um, of the loyalists to sort of get in there and extract those sort of men and machinery and what have you from the sector because they're going to need them in the upcoming fight. The problem I had was 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 kind of make it fit narratively so it made sense. So yeah, to sort of give the sort of idea of something um, interesting, I wanted to base it around a, a sort of liberation of a city. So basically a big kind of city siege, but a, a sort of more of a raid than a siege. Um, with the idea that there was a spaceport to be captured, and this was the was the sort of um, beachhead, if you want, I suppose, what the the loyalist forces would use to evacuate and yeah. to get out of the sector. Um, but of course, then I kind of start to think, well, if you know we're going to turn up with a with a fleet of ships from the loyalist side, why wouldn't why would they bother taking the the ground? Why would they bother even having a ground war? Why wouldn't they just fly off to the to the ships, get in the ships, and bugger off? Mm-hmm. So I kind of had to then sort of make it a bit of a after sort of playing a game of yeah, but you know why why would they be doing that? Why would they be doing that? Why would they be doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it finally got to the point where it was so they basically um, at, at the fall of the sector, the, all the loyalist forces have been ordered to retreat back to Angstrom Eleven, which is like the last planet in the sector. Yeah, and they effectively kind of hidden themselves there, um, buried in the ice because it was like a big it was a frozen planet. Um, that was sort of outside of its normal solar orbit, so it was, you know, frozen. And every so often it would come back into a solar orbit and it would be warm again, so there was still a city and stuff there. But um, what happened was that they were basically then coordinating um, lots of guerrilla attacks across, across the sector. Yeah. It was sapping the, um, the forces. So, so that was a narrative. So I kind of got a narrative sorted out, so there was loads of people there already, and they'd already scuppered their ships because they didn't want the traitors to find them. Um, and so they were basically waiting to be rescued and there was going to be a, a, a sort of bit of in-sector thing where they would be moving all the people, that all the guerrilla fighters and all the other areas that were cut off to Angstrom 11, get to this spaceport, and from there the bigger fleet ships could come and come down, pick up all the guys if they had free access, and get them out of the sector quickly. Mm-hmm. And so this was quite good because it tied a bit in with the bit that I quite liked in... Um, the Talon book Ironclad, which is where you had the Alpha Legion and the um, officer, the, the assassins people, basically yeah. kind of fighting each other in a secret war that was going on around what was going on. So yeah, the the I kind of used that narrative ploy. Yeah, the info site. Yeah, yeah. So I really like the idea of that. So in this one, the Alpha Legion were tracking the. Um, I can't remember what the. There's a particular um, school, if you like, of assassins that deal with this sort of information war. And the Alpha Legion were tracking them. And what they were doing is they were hiding all of these troop movements in the sector so that the um, War Masters forces didn't realise that everybody was being evacuated to Angstrom 11 and that eventually, you know, the, the, the fleet would come in and rescue them. Yeah. So, so that was really cool. So there was some good stuff going on there. Narratively, eventually, this managed to get things to work out. But everybody was on Angstrom 11 that needed to be there. There were some forces coming in from outside the sector to rescue them they were basically going to lay siege to the city capture the city get the forces out there and get the hell out of the angstrom sector and let the war master have it because there was no way they're going to win it back currently yeah. so that was where the sort of um all of the well, a lot of narrative work went into the thing you have about now is actually nobody really cares that much except me so um never mind. i like a good it story was, it was fun writing it yeah. um so, so that was basically. So I had the narrative set up, so that was good. And I also wanted to do a, a campaign 
um, one of the th- one of the feedback things we had from the weekender was the the kind of lack of interaction um, mm. in deciding what, who was going to attack what and where. Um, at the previous weekend, we'd basically been telling people like, "This is what you were doing. This is what you were attacking. This is what you were basically been giving them orders mm-hmm. from a kind of NPC standpoint." So we wanted to try and find some way of making it more interactive to basically find a system that would work so that people felt they were um, engaged enough in the story and in the actual outcome um, and giving them a reason to be involved in that, um, whilst at the same time still maintaining a degree of balance because what try to do is to make sure that these games are balanced if possible so that it's not you know it's not all, all over by the end of game two for example if possible yeah um you know if it's still something worth fighting for even in the last battle um so luckily so that would have it i was scooting through all of the um the big black books they've got all the different kind of campaigns and missions in mm-hmm. and uh, this the one that struck me that was really apt was the shadow war campaign yeah yeah from, um uh, book Book six. Yeah, yeah book, six. book six. I was about to say five. And that's a really good <laughs> idea. So basically, it's got all the legions, and some of them have got pluses or minus to this, but effectively, the game is is, is made easier, or the science made easier if you, if you choose whether you go first or second. And the way you choose if you go first or second is if you roll two dice and you add this shut to this the scores to your Shadow War roll. Um, and the Shadow War roll is things like um, some of the legions have minuses, for example, Iron Warriors have minuses. You have super heavies, you have minuses to this role. But if you're from um, Alpha Legion or from the Raven Guard you, and you've got um, scouts, for example, you can get plus two or three to this role. Mm-hmm. So it certainly you know, favours those kinds of armies um, for that particular thing. So it was a question of thinking of building around that. And then, so we had a Shadow War thing, which was cool. Um, but I wanted to also get people given them the ability to choose what they were going to attack and why they were going to attack. So I managed to find a map of an old, um, I think it was from a Necromunda campaign that, that Games Workshop ran many, many years ago. Um, and this was a city, and it had a, kind of a good view of a city. It was quite cool. Um, and I split it into sectors, and so basically what would happen is that um, at the start of every, before every game started, that each team would be split into two, mm-hmm. and they could choose which of the sectors they were going to attack in the city. And if you captured all three, you got plus one to your, or some varying pluses to your Shadow War role as well. Or basically, you got added to your shadow war score, your strategy score. Sorry, and then if you, whoever's winning the strategy war would also would get plus one to their shadow war role. So yeah. it kind of made sense. It, you know, gave people something to do. Didn't quite work as I wanted it to, to be honest, with you, because realistically, there wasn't enough difference in the sectors to make it worth attacking anything other than two of them. So I think if I do it again, and I, and I may well do, I still think it's got some good value as a narrative. Um, is to put some differentiating things on the sectors. Um, so basically to say it's not just about the Shadow War stuff, there's something else going on here. Maybe mm-hmm. a plus one to your reserve role or something if you capture this comms sector or something like that. Or, or the space portal. So, yeah, so basically there's you know there's not just a scoring um, thing or a Shadow War thing, but there's you know, if you capture all the stuff in the barracks thing, for example, you get one re-roll for that game because you've got mm-hmm. an additional app. That kind of thing could also work. So it would give it... A bit more impetus rather than you know just having that. So I think that would probably work a bit better. We'll do it again. So, but anyway, and that's basically how the game was set up and how the mechanics worked. And um, as the games progressed, uh, different things would happen depending on who was winning at that time to try and put this push this balance in. So, for example, if you can train, contain, controlled the most sectors, you were considered to be winning because ultimately 
it was about a game about capturing the most sectors, but if you've got yeah. all the Shadow War points, which you could do, there were different results and different things. So the games were, so the first game was just a Dawn of War deployment with the Bad Blood mission. And there was no pluses or minuses because it was like the first engagement. Mm-hmm. The, um, the loyalists got to choose what they were attacking because they were the ones attacking the city. And the um, War Masters forces were defending and they would basically have to say what they were going to defend and with who. So uh, the way it worked is your team, the loyalist team or whatever, would choose what they were going to attack and who was going to attack where. And then I would take it over to the uh, War Masters team and say, right, you're being attacked in these sectors, but not by whom. So I wouldn't say which armies were attacking, just these are the sectors you need to defend. And then they would then choose who was going to defend which sectors. And that basically mapped out to the, um, the, the boards, the actual game boards. That were there. So it was 14 people in total, which was a good turnout, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, it was. Considering how heresy is at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had some great people that I hadn't seen before um, playing heresy. We had some about five or six people come up from Bradford, yeah. which is a, a two-hour drive. So that was, that was awesome. Um, so it was nice to see some new, new, new people. And you know, good venue. The scenery was perfect for the for the missions. I thought, um, so it was all good. So, anyway, first mission was Dawn of War with bad blood, with the loyalists attacking. The second game was um, the deployment map would either be in the search and destroy or, or clash of the line, mm-hmm. and the mission would be denial. But this time, the um, Warmasters forces were attacking the loyalist forces in a counterattack. Then the game three, which was the kind of the key one. Um, it would very much depend on who was winning what. So if you had the most sectors, which was, you know, you'd captured more than everybody else, and you had the most strategic points, so basically you'd be winning the Shadow War as well, the mission would be suicide mission, and the losing side could choose either Hammer and Anvil or Ambush for the deployment. Oh, yeah, type. yeah, I remember that. Okay. And then if it had been, you'd win the won the most sectors, but just the most sectors, and the, and the, and the other side had the most strategic points, the mission would have been the noose, and it would have been again hammer, hammer, and anvil, or ambush, and the losing side chooses. So there was. I wanted to get to the point where winning a round had some value, mm-hmm. you know, so it had some impact on the game later on. And I think that kind of works. I think it's e- it's easy for me to say whether it did or it didn't from the outside, but um, it seemed to go okay. I think if there's one lesson I've got from this, it's that I can't run an event like this and play. Yeah, um, I think it needs it needs. It's um, you know, it needs a constant kind of monitoring and constant work, and I think that would have been a better experience for everybody. But to be fair, somebody was supposed to turn up, and they kind of let us down at the last minute, so I had to step in. Um, so that was that. So everybody had a copy of the map. They had an event pack with all the missions in. It's all printed out and everything. I was quite pleased with that. Um, and an explanation of how this will work, which I'll which I can put on the main page, but if people are interested in it, um. And it went pretty well, I thought. I mean, people seemed to enjoy it. I mean, I think the only problem was that I'd balanced it so much that it effectively ended up in a massive draw. Yeah. So um, <laughs> slightly over. Uh, and I hadn't really, if I'm honest with you, I hadn't actually counted or, or thought of what would happen if it was a draw, rather stupidly. So um, in the end, I decided that the winning side would be the one that had the most strategic points, which isn't actually in the pack or in any of the stuff. It was just a spur-of-the-moment decision because I needed to make a decision there and then, and that's what I went for. And looking back, you know, people have said maybe the side with the most wins should have got it, that kind of thing. But having it like that, I think, it was kind of would make sense. You know, they'd won two aspects, or, you know, they'd drawn one on one one. So it made the most narrative sense to me anyway. So 
Um, in terms of my games, um, they were pretty good, actually. Uh, so I played uh, Chloe in the first game that was against her militia. Oh, yeah. I, lo- um, I, li- I really like the look of that army. Yeah, she's put a lot of work into that. It's all sort of converted up from... Um, so I think she had converted Valkyries um, that she used for the lighters, um, for example. Um, she had a big a big old... Um, I think it's the Stormlord, Super Heavy. The the the, spe- the one that's specific to the sort of solar auxiliary militia, that one. Yeah. Uh, I think it's called the Stormlord or something like that. Um, she had one of them. She had some uh, rapier... Uh, Laser destroyers. Uh, what else does she have? She had quite a lot of different things, little bits and bobs going on. So it's quite cool. It's very different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I lost that one. I did. So she actually beat me on that one, which was really cool. But it was very close. But um, yeah. I oh, know I won that one. I beg your pardon. I did win that. I've got the results here. I don't even know myself. So I think I managed to eke a victory by one victory point in the end, um, which was quite cool. So um, and then. My next game was against the Blood Angels, and that was a very different game because those Blood Angels are nasty business. And uh, this was the mission was um, Denial, which is a specific one to the... Um, but basically, you had to control one objective at the end of the game, and it was the one that was kind of right in the middle. Um, so it was a big old blood fest, which obviously the Blood Angels were awesome at because that's exactly what they're designed to do. So yeah, they came screaming in... You know, that, uh, I can't remember what the blade is called, but it's bloody evil. It's oh, a close combat weapon. And yeah, yeah, I know. The, uh, blade of Perdition? Give it to Centuries. Yes, that's it. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's not, that's not friendly at all. It's very, very unfriendly. So, um, but all in all, it was still a great game and, um, I just couldn't get enough things on there to, to make any difference. So, uh, that was a win for the Emperor's forces. And then uh, the final game I had was uh, against John's Iron Hands, and he pretty much shot me off the board, to be honest with you. So <laughs> that was another win for the Emperor. Uh, couldn't really do a great deal about it. Um, so so be it. But it was good. They were all good games. They were good fun. Um, I enjoyed them all. So um, it was a good day. I, I thought it was pretty good. Like I say, in the end, though, um, it was actually the Warmasters troops that won out. Mm-hmm. And they had the most strategic points, so it was a win for the Warmaster. So the Angstrom sector was well and truly won by the Warmaster. Oh, yes. So it you, was. Were, you were playing you didn't, You were playing in this as well, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I had uh, three games. Um, I played two of the guys from Bradford. Um, yep. Uh, they played very, very good lists. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. You were yeah. playing against the Raven Guard, I think. Started. Uh, played the uh-huh. Raven Guard, and then oh god, yeah. who did I play? I've, I've got my own, I've got my own thing here. Uh, Space Wolves, the next one. Was it the Space Wolves? No, 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 the other Michael. Yours was um, Iron Hands. Yes, that's right, Iron thing. Hands, Iron Hands. Um, we're John's yeah. Iron Hands, um, and then I played uh, that's right, other yeah. John's uh, Raven Guard. So I played Raven Guard twice and Iron Hands once. Yeah. Um, my army suffered. Um, it's an elite army. It's not designed to. It, it, it's it's got its faults. I built it for fun, um, but it's not competitive at all. No, I must be. I, I kind of. I I started out with one idea, and then I had a game against John locally, and um, I thought this is too tough a list. I'm not taking this, so I kind of took a load of stuff out. Um, took the Medusas out, for example. I just um, just had the one quad. 
um, launcher mm-hmm. with without phosphates. Um, and, I, and I just kind of got mullered really by some pretty yeah. tough I mean, my first game but, uh, was... was yeah, I mean, my first game was an hour and a, uh, an hour and a half, um, and it was okay. I mean, it didn't go well for me. I got wiped out pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, my Galvorbach deep struck. They got shot to death very quickly. I mean, Lorgar did manage to smash some face. Uh, he took out an entire Terminator yep. squad by himself, uh, but he then got shot to death Good by man. two plasma predators. Yes. Um, it was a very, very one-sided game, but it was it was fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, my second game, pretty much the same. Uh, the mission required I deploy everything on the board, uh, and I could only hold in yes. reser- reserve units, like flies and drop pods. So my Gout of Vorbach had to yeah. foot slog a- across the board, um, which does not ah. suit them well. Oh, um, no, definitely and it was it was a it was a very tough game. Uh, my Zyphon just refused to come on. Um, I mean, my Spartan right. got wiped out very quickly by uh, a drop pod Leviathan and some laser destroyer rapiers. And then yep. the, the, there was a, a, a yep. squad of ten Volkite Culver and heavy support marines and three quad mortar yeah, rapiers. They're, they're, Volkite Culver, they're a good unit. Those aren't Volkite Culverins yeah. are fantastic. I'm, I've got five mm. for my word bearers, and I'm going to add another five because they are just that good. Uh, and I like Volkite. They are really good. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's going to be that good, but it's when you've got 40 shots with deflagrate coming at you. Yeah. yeah I mean, most people look Definitely. at the AP and say, oh, it's not that great, but it's, it's, it's mean. Just volume of fire. Yeah, yeah. It's the same I with mean, the quad mortar rapiers. Um, but then my last yeah. game against John uh, Dermondy um, was yes. complete reversal. Uh, I really felt horrible in that game. I just yep. could, I, I couldn't do any wrong. I I, got just, I only lost a couple of units. Um, I mean, my Volkite Contemptor wiped out a squad in the first turn. Um, I then knackered up a, a more Deathland squad. Um, and John just kept rolling ones and twos. I mean... Um, a trait that I have... That I have copied off him if i'm honest yeah i, I mean he's he, he, rolled, he was rolling worse than gareth mm. uh i mean lorgar yeah. came on he wiped out a, a unit of attack bikes all by himself uh and then and then him and his t- squad of terminators just ate through two contemptors uh i mean yeah. in the whole game i lost a single terminator a single galvor back my chaplain a rhino and two tactical veterans Blimey. so it was uh yeah, that's pretty serious. It went very well for me, but not so well for uh, for Paul John. Paul John, yeah, he doesn't have the best of luck. I must confess, when I played him, I thought, "Oh my word!" But um, so, how did you think the day? I mean, I, I, people seem to enjoy it mainly. I, I think there were some concerns about the the end, if I'm honest, which is fair enough. Um, I, I think there's legs in the system. I think it just needs a bit of fine tuning. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I don't know what your um, overall impression was. I mean, people seem to enjoy it. Nobody yeah, sort of complained or anything. So I think people good. seem to enjoy it. Yeah. Ah, cool. So we shall see um, whether I do another one or not. I don't know yet, but um, yeah, I think it might, might be worth something thinking about in the future. Oh, so, so that was that. Um, 
all in all, so it's quite a good day, um, good venue, and good people. So couldn't complain really. Um, uh, what's your name? Just did an award for the best painted, which was Stephen's Death Guard, which was very nice. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a good day. So. Did you see that one, Stephen Pennock's Death Guard? Yes, I saw Stephen's Death Guard. Yeah. Uh, absolutely fantastic army. Very little weathering on them, but I think that works quite well. I think people overweather Death Guard, if I'm honest with you. Uh, uh, I think he also def- usually plays it as a loyalist Death Guard, so um doesn't go with a full Nurgle thing. Um, so I think that's probably why. But I, I think people tend to overweather Death Guard, if I'm honest with you. But maybe it's just me. Yeah, um, no, I've I've seen some re uh, some really 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 overweathered Death Guard, and it just ends up looking ridiculous. It is because you might as well bother painting them; you might as well just cover them in mud. I mean, I saw one of the guys had a very nicely painted Death Guard. I mean, I thought it looked really good, but I didn't like the tracks. The tracks had had that kind of coated mud look. Yeah, you know, kind of like shiny coated mud, which I'm sure looks great, but it just. I don't know. I, I just think if you had a tank, you'd bloody, you'd hose it down every so often, surely. I mean, yeah. you just wouldn't leave it like that. But maybe that's just me. Um, maybe that's why I don't play Death. But his did look lovely, like, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was that. Um, like I say, all in all, some pretty good games, some different opponents, which is, is always good. Um, but it was interesting that we weren't getting many people from the local area, really. Uh, like I say, five people driving up from... Um, uh, Bradford, me and you as well, that basically meant that we had seven people from locally, which, you know, when we used to put these on, we would get that many people just in one club. Yeah. So, I think there's obviously, I don't know, it's the time of the year or what, but, you know, we have to put a lot of work into getting people to actually turn up uh, this time. But uh, And it may be a symptom of the general, um, you know, heresy thing and people moving back to playing 40k again because the rules are more balanced. Yeah. That kind of thing. I think there's a little bit of both going on. If I've got to be honest, there's yeah. a, you know there's a little bit of you know it's the summer, so you know people have got the kids uh, more. I mean, obviously it's the weekend, but you know they still they would have had the kids anyway. But yeah, it's it, the summer tends to be a, a tough time to for events to to sure. to, to do you know do well. Um, you've got um, it's a relatively speaking new venue. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're not all that, you know, big. <laughs> no, um, and um, yeah, it's 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 a kind of people going back to eight, uh, you know, forty k playing eight for a lot. I mean, yep. I've I've definitely seen that a, a, a lot. You know, fewer people wanting to play Heresy uh, simply because eight is very very good. Um, but I'm sure people will come back and uh, and stuff. It was interesting. Speaking to um, Greg and Max, yeah, the the weekend event I've been to, and it was, I mean, they had twenty people for an Imperial Truth event, and we went to the one in um, Cardiff. I mean, there was at least ten plus more than that, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. I think there were about nearer forty. I think there were about forty there. So, yeah. I think what he's saying, what Greg was saying, is it's very difficult to get people to actually leave their city, you know, to actually travel that far, even though it's you know Stockport isn't actually that big a deal. Um, from London, but the people I know the guys had a massively horrible drive getting up there. But it does seem that you know there's a tendency for a lot of people not to want to travel around or play other people, which 
it seems weird to me because I'm, you know, I get bored playing the same people all the time. If I'm honest with you, so it's nice to go into an event and play something different. You learn something different, you know, how people play their armies and things. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, maybe I don't know. It's 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 yeah. I guess, I guess the, the the thing that we definitely have at the moment is that uh, things you know things aren't necessarily as as straight cut as we would think simply because uh you know that there's a new kid on the block that's uh taking up a lot of people's uh a lot of people's yep. time yeah i can i, I can totally get that so um, we'll see i'm sure i mean if you've got if you spent that money on the heresy army you're gonna to want to come back and play heresy at some point although to be fair most of the units you can play quite happily in 40k as well but um we shall see i mean the new rule book comes out whenever that comes out nobody knows but the red the new red rule book the rewrite of the seventh or at least the update of the seventh rather which yeah will, you know i don't know how many rules they're going to change if any but i think it's going to take out the rules that aren't applicable to make it a bit more streamlined but it'd be interesting how that that pans out as well but yeah so like i said i i, I kind of enjoyed it i like the the um the narrative I, I wish that i'd um hadn't been playing so i could have devoted more time to making sure everything ran smoothly but it it was, you know, so that will disappoint somebody. So. Yeah. So the next, the next thing would be the weekend, which I did some pre-recorded crazy stuff with. Um, so I guess if you want to listen to that, we can have a little break, and you can have a listen to me talking in my hotel room about my army and my first day, and then we can come back and I can tell you what the net result of that was. Okay, no problem. I will go to that then. Okay, so packed my army up, ready to head off. Quarter to one, it's about a two and a half hour drive down to Stockport. So, hotel's booked, ready to rock. Got all my stuff in one box, which I'm quite pleased about. Save me lugging loads of stuff around. Um, just an evening to look forward to in Stockport. So, hopefully, I'll get there before the rush hour, get parked, get in the hotel, and can chill for a bit. I might go down to the venue this tonight, I think it's open, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, if anybody's about there tonight, see if we can get a game or something, but we shall have a look, and I'll get back to you later on, hopefully, this weekend, I'll be able to speak to a few people, get some uh, get some ideas, and why people are doing heresy at the moment, and what they're looking forward to in the future, and uh, we'll go from there, so let's see how we get on. Okay, so I have arrived, Um it's a nice hotel, actually. So this is the Holiday Inn Express at Stockport. I realise this is suddenly turning into some sort of travel a log thing, which obviously nobody's tuned into if they want to find out about heresy. But if you're ever doing a heresy event in Stockport, this is not a bad hotel to be at. Though it is as hot as, uh, well, it's as hot as a salamander's jockstrap, I think would be a fair thing to say. But I have actually found the aircon, so I'm not going to waste away into nothing, which, given my slightly rotund status, would take some doing. So, I'm going to have a little look through some of the army lists that have been posted up on the event thing, and then I might, uh, as I've got nothing else to do this evening, um, have a little talk through those and see what to expect and what I'm looking forward to playing against and stuff like that. So, should be pretty interesting. So, the journey, for those of you who actually give a fuck, it took about three and a half hours as opposed to two and a half hours because of trouble with motorways but I did get diverted 
um, through the Pennines. It was actually, in retrospect, was actually rather nice. Um, some very nice countryside around that way, so that wasn't all bad. But I'm here now. Probably should have listened to my wife and left at seven o'clock this evening. But no, not me. I'll do it my way and pay the inevitable penalty in time. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow. I've got to say, I'm actually quite excited about it. Um, possibly because I'm not actually having to run it in any way, shape or form. So just turn up and play tomorrow should be good. So uh, yeah, we'll see how we get on. And I'll um, check in later once I've had a little sit down, a little relax. And uh, go through some of those lists and what I'm taking tomorrow, of course. Which I'm sure people want to know in a bit. Okay, back again. So I had planned on going through all the lists that everybody's put in, but it seems that the post with the Mulan has disappeared off of the Imperial Truth page. So I have to kind of remember what I've seen on that page and what people's armies they've posted on look like. So I remember, I think one of the main things I remember seeing was that there was an awful lot of glaives. There was four, at least four glaives, I think, on the loyalist side. So I don't think I've actually ever come across a glaive before. I've seen people play them, but I've never actually been on the receiving end. So I'm having a little gander through the rules. Um, and they seem pretty powerful, I've got to say. Um, I'm not quite sure how they work. So the Volkite Carronade, or whatever it's called, which is the biggest of the Volkites, has this uh, one-inch wide beam, 48-inch range. Strength 8, AP2, but it's haywire. Um, and the rules are that basically if it touches you, you, you take that hit. So if you're, it hits a vehicle, you take a, a haywire hit. Um, if it hits a model, it's a slightly different rule because, well, both would apply, I suppose. Um, what it says is that you do the number of wounds equal to the number of models in that unit that the line, your one inch wide line, goes over. So if you went over three guys, you'd, that unit would take three hits at strength eight AP2. So pretty devastating. Um, also, it's got Deflagate as well, so that Strength 8 AP2, one assumes, would then, um, if you killed three people, then you would roll another three dice to see if you killed another three people. So you can see that it's um, it's got some devastating potential, particularly if you line your army up in front of it in a convenient line-shaped formation. So it stops when it hits a building that's uh, at uh, Bastion or bigger size. Um, and also if it hits another super heavy and then I think it does an additional set of rules but that effectively stops the beam where it is so I'm trying to think what the best way to deal with it would be really I'm not too bothered because fundamentally it looks like it's one um, haywire shot every time a line the line goes over so as long as I can keep my vehicles fairly well spaced out or at least spaced out not spaced out in a way that they're going to be easily destroyed um, by this particular piece of evil then um it should be good that's the pra- that's the theory anyway i'm not quite sure how it's going to work in practice if i'm completely honest there may be factors that will prevent that from happening as they usually are so i'm just going to have a quick look through the rules again because everything else that people seem to have seemed fairly straightforward, but like I said, there was a, an awful lot of these big old bastard globes, and uh, that always makes me worry slightly. 
Uh, so here we are, the glaive. So heavy beam. So all models caught in the beam. So so yeah, 48, strength 8, AP2. Primary weapon, so ignores cover. Heavy beam, deflagate, haywire. So units received, as mentioned, beam strike super heavy vehicle or a gargantuan creature or a large building. They will suffer D1 plus D3 separate hits. Okay. And go no further. So that's basically 1 plus D3 haywire hits. So, on a, on a super heavy, so, you know, it's not too bad, I suppose. It could be two, it could be four. Um, doable. So, uh, and also, if you're, oh, if you're a vehicle, the occupants also inside get a strength, strength six AP4 hits with Deflagate again. So, um, yeah, it's going to totally shred people if you're out and about in front of it, that's for sure. Um, the one question I did have was, uh, it doesn't actually seem to shoot, if you see what I mean. It's not a shooting attack. So it does say when the weapon is fired, draw a one line. So it's weird in that regard because it's, does it actually shoot or is it just basically you just draw the line and that's it? Because if that's the case, then things like Snapshot, for example, um, won't disaffect it. So my plans of shooting super heavies with my Venator uh, go out the window because fundamentally you can, even with the Exoshock thing or whatever it's called, Electroshock or something that the Venator has, it will just make no difference. It won't. We won't stop it from firing. So this could be could be problematic. I'm thinking whether I should just drive my super heavy at it and um, try and shoot it with other things. So that kind of everything else seems fair. I mean, if I go and come against anybody with any kind of drop pod stuff, they're just going to destroy me anyway, which is fair enough. I mean, the, I couldn't have an army that didn't have some weakness because it is pretty strong. So I totally expect that. Um, a lot of shooting in my army so it'll be interesting to see how it does tomorrow but the main thing is that it's not a complete dick list and i think what i'll do is if i am playing people who have got lists that i think may not be able to cope with it i will just drive my tanks at them and give them a, um, a, you know let them have a smash because otherwise it just feels like a one one player game and that's not what i want at all so so this is my list that i've got so I don't know why I put this this particular unit in, but I did. I think at the time I was I might have bases on another list which may have had a fire raptor in. So the first thing I've got in my list is a Damocles Command Rhino. Don't know why really, other than the fact it's got precision bombardment and it's got the um, which is quite good but not spectacular, um, and it gives plus one or minus one to the reserve roll. So it was there to basically bring stuff in from reserve or at least give a better chance of stuff coming in from reserve. 100 points for him, so, you know, it adds to the army, it looks thematic, so that's also good. And then I've got my war master, Borax Vi, so he's the master of armour in a Sikaran. Uh, and that Sikaran uh, has one of the few models in the army that's got, got armoured ceramite, um, extra armour, um, what else has it got? I'll give it something else, I think. Can't remember. Mm-mm. Uh, just yeah, squadron command tank, which it gets from the from the uh, right of war. Yeah, just armored ceramite basically. So um, dozer blades as well. Everything has dozer blades because I'm really good at rolling ones, like spectacularly good at rolling ones. And that's with las las cannon sponsons. So you know he's got a blissed skill of um, five because of the right of war. So he's hitting on twos. So he should be pretty good. Um, but it's an easy, it's an easy point really because it's just basically blowing up one vehicle, which is very easy to do in 30k. 
So the next thing I've got is um, two more Sicarians. So these are in the elite slot. So basically two, two Sicarians, these are identical. So they've got laser cannons, uh, laser cannon sponsons, and dozer blades, and that's it. Um, so no armoured ceramite on those, the iron axiom as they're called. Uh, and I've got the Iron Trident, which is my three Predators, uh, and they're basically Predator tanks with uh, heavy bolters on the sides. Uh, so do the business. Hopefully they're also scoring, because they troop choices in the armoured breakthrough list, um, which is pretty cool. So and they generally do okay. I mean, the Predator Cannon is, is pretty good, actually. Uh, uh, you know, it's strength seven, four shots. So, yeah, it's not great, got a great AP, but it's certainly you know, going to make... Pick, give people things to make saves with so that's good um so there's three of them and then i've got three uh tactical squads in rhinos so with the armored breakthrough uh if you've got a dedicated transport of a tank type you have to take it so um these guys are all in their rhinos uh, they're all the same uh, except for one of the squads has got a sergeant with a power fist and they've got an extra close combat weapon whereas the others have just basically got um nothing uh, did I give one of them an, a Nuncio Vox as well? I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, I did. That squad has got a Nuncio Vox. So they've got additional chainsaws and a Nuncio Vox. And the sergeant's got a Power Fist. Um, but no um, Artisifer armour. So, you know, they, they can do a job. Um, you know, the advantage of the Iron Warriors, of course, is they don't have to take leadership tests for losing casualties to shooting. So... If it's a game that requires me to sit on objectives, they're pretty good for sitting on objectives until they're usually horribly de destroyed by probably Legion Glaives, as I'm going to find out shortly. So there's three of them, so that gives me six troop choices. And one of the failings of this army previously has been um, that it's quite easy to get rid of all the troop choices, so therefore all the scoring units go. But um, that gives me you know, a bit of flexibility and also gives me some things to engage in some close combat with uh, people who are just sort of running infantry as well. So. That's cool. Then in the fast attack slot, I've got a, a lightning. Um, and I haven't gone for the usual thing that people do with these, which is to load them up with the Kraken penetrator missiles uh, or the um, Sun Fury missiles. I've basically just given this. This is there to do an anti-aircraft job. So I've given it two twin-linked auto cannons. So that'd be four auto cannon shots. Uh, it's already got a twin-linked last cannon, and I've given it the battle servitor control, which gives it tank hunter. So the idea on this thing really is to fly around and shoot other flyers, uh, or those bloody annoying, um, I don't think I've seen any, uh, Mechanicum things with the haywire, because they're a pain in the arse. Uh, so yeah, so it, you know, a good looking model, I like the, the Lightning as a, as, a, as a model, so I'm quite pleased with that. Uh, so then we've got my kind of the, the big stuff, so I'm onto the heavy supports now. So I've got three Legion Reducers. Um, with nothing on them at all except the fact they're legion reducers so they're going to be there to sit at the back and kind of scare people with um, i've had mixed results with these recently to be honest with you because um the way that multiple barrages work obviously you're you know unless you're rolling a hit every time the the second or third placing of the um the large blast template generally speaking takes it away away from anything of any value so unless it's going on like a big super heavy or something like a glaive um, they're not really that cool, but you know they're scary, and you know you don't want to be any of them anywhere near a Terminator squad, for example, or an expensive Terminator squad, which is just going to get doubled out with that high strength. So they're probably going to be people's first 
choice for attacks for things to destroy. So yes, and then, and then um, the, uh, the aforementioned Venator. So, um, uh, that's so there to kind of stop the typhons of this world, really, and hope to try and land a pen- lucky penetrating hit on one of these things to stop it from shooting a big, horrible blast template at my army the next turn. Um, the reality is it, it generally does dick all, this thing. Uh, it looks fantastic, and the gun's got some cool rules, but two shots, and with my rolling, that generally, if I'm lucky, that's one hit. Um, so... And then one hit, and if you're going against your Spartans or your, you know, your, your big high-powered things, there'll be armor 14. So you're going to need fours to even get a glance. You want fives or six really to get a penetrating, which is important for that gun to prevent it from, or to prevent the enemy unit from shooting if it's firing a blast template the next turn, because it makes everything, even super heavies, fire a snapshots. I don't think, and I've probably taken this tank in every army list I've ever had. I've ever actually stopped anything shooting back at me. So I just keep persevering on the one the day that it will one day pay back its 190 points. But that's not going to be tomorrow, I don't think. So I shall let you know if, by miracle of miracles, our good friend Mr. Venator finally does what he's supposed to do and uh, unleashes a bit of hell. But I'm not holding out too much in the way of hope. So that's the all the sort of standard stuff. And the only thing that's left on there is the super heavy, which is my Lord of War choice, which is my Legion Fellblade. This is a, a really great looking tank. I mean, it, I really like the look of the Fellblade. I always have. It's like a big sick area, and, and that's great. But um, it's not the most effective, I don't think, if you want to be really competitive about it. I think the things like the Shadow Sword, or the Storm Sword, or the, the one with the Plasma Gun particularly, is a probably a better tank all round, because uh, less points. I mean, it's not got as many hold points. I mean, it's got nine hold points, and the Shadow, sorry, and the Fellblade has 12, which makes it, you know, really good. But, generally speaking, that big gun, the, the, one, the, one with, the one that you can put two Strength 8 AP2 blasts, massive blasts, or one Strength 10 AP2 ginormous blast, uh, is generally better than the stuff that the uh, Fellblade kicks out. Although the Fellblade has got a lot of different guns. So it's got two um, quad LAS cannons on the side. It's got a twin-linked heavy bolter. It's got a demolisher cannon. It's got a, um, a Fellblade gun itself, which has got two modes of firing, one of which is the 7-inch blast, strength, strength 8 or strength 7, I think. Um, might be AP3. And then it's got the small blast, tiny 3-inch blast, um, which is its armor bane strength nine AP two. So, on paper, that sounds like a really good, you know, a long ranged armor bane shot isn't isn't that common. Uh, the reality is that most of the things you want to use it against will have flare shields, and we're talking about things like Spartans, of which, looking through the people's lists, I do remember there are many, as there always are, I mean, wherever you go. In the heresy world, there's going to be Spartans. It's just inevitable. I mean, they're such a good way of transporting a horrible unit right up into your grill, um, particularly if you're, you know, to get at shooty armies, which mine is, that, you know, you'd be foolish not to take them. The the, the, um, the flare shield makes them nigh on unstoppable um, as long as they get their facing right. So the placing of guns is really important if you're facing Spartans. You know, the whole thing about... Um, putting stuff to the sides, both sides, so that wherever it goes, at least one of your um, units can get a side armour shot on it and things like that. Certainly slow it down, but I think I've seen one army with like a multiple, like a Spartan and a load of Phobuses. 
So, you know, it'd be interesting how that one pans out. But ultimately, what you're trying to do with the shooty army is to shoot enough stuff before it gets close enough to cause you any any major damage. And the Spartan is a great tank for for stopping that because obviously, even if you just get through the Spartan, it's going to take all of your shooting. Um, and if you don't blow it up, it's still going to get there. It's still going to drop off its cargo, and they're still going to assault you in turn two or turn three. So they need to be stopped quickly, um, which is why you know a lot of people opt for the lightning approach. Uh, but generally, you know, you're, you're gambling then. You're gambling on that, f- that that three to make sure you're getting there. You get the three on, in turn two to bring the lightning on to shoot the Spartan, because and by turn two it, it could be too late. So. A kind of a lot of stuff in the army is designed around that, you know, particularly the Venator and um, the Fellblade. You know, they've both got some anti-Spartan ability, if you like. So uh, we shall see how we get on tomorrow. I mean, it is a pretty ferocious list, as, as I've said. I don't, I don't, uh, don't dispute that at all. But um, and it, I'd imagine, you know, if I was coming up against it and I had an all uh, infantry army with very little anti-tank, I would be, you know, thinking, Christ, there's nothing I can do about this at all. Well, if I do find those kinds of armies, and I think I mentioned it, you know, I will make a game of it. I'll just drive my tanks forward so that people can engage them in close combat and destroy them, uh, rather than just you know do the cheesy thing of sitting at the back. Because it's a narrative game, and it's you know supposed to be two people playing a game. So I like the idea of a charge of armor, you know, fleeing across the battlefield towards a target, and then just getting uh, ambushed by lots of very irate uh, marines. Unless I'm fighting a mechanicum, in which case there is no mercy wherever you are. I will, you will have no quarter from me ever. So, just a heads up if you are a Mechanicum player. So, yeah. So, I'm looking forward to tomorrow a lot. I think I mentioned this. Uh, it should be a good day, I hope. And I hope um, you know, the, the, the people that I play tomorrow will have a little word. It'd be nice to find out what you know, what 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 drew people to particular armies, um, and to be able to sort of maybe have a chat with them or something about that sort of thing and why they still play Heresy, for example. And, you know, what's, what's the thing that they like about heresy and what they're hoping for the future for heresy and things like that. So hopefully, with my handy uh, portable microphone here, I'll be able to get some feedback. So the next time you hear from me, I should have probably started my first game, or at least I'll give you an update from the beginning of the venue. So tomorrow it is. Iron within, brothers. So... Day one over. Uh, it was a really good day today, actually. Um, excellent people in the event, all really chilled, um, just looking to have some really good games. So and it really has a good atmosphere. So you can sort of tell sometimes when you go to these events what it's going to be like. You know, whether it's going to be really kind of hardcore, people want to win, or whether it's just people chilling. And uh, this very much feels like in the latter category, with people just chilling, taking it easy. The missions are all good. <clears throat> There's no massively overcomplicated things that anybody needs to do, which is always good. I like that when people don't try and overcomplicate things. And the narrative kind of kicks along, so it's all good. Um, really high uh, standard of painting today as well. Uh, all of the armies look really good, so people have made a big effort for this. And um, I had fortunate to play one of them really really nicely painted ones which was uh, Chris I think his name is um, his Dark Angel so that was my first game and that's a very interesting list very difficult list uh, even for the might of the armoured breakthrough uh, so this consists of a number of squads uh, of jet bikes 
and jetbikes are a bit hard when it comes to the conclusion and I'm actually really glad that I didn't take an infantry heavy uh, army against this thing because it's a monster so those and those are jetbikes little three man squads there's a big command squad uh, five or six guys uh, there's some javelins and uh, so that really plays well into the uh, the strengths of the army so one of the right wars that the dark rangers have is the ability to basically bring a bring a unit on um, and then uh, basically wherever they are on the board they can just up sticks and go and they go into ongoing reserves and they can come back out flanking so obviously with checkpoints this is pretty cool uh, and also this army very much works on the premise that it's not going to get the first turn if that makes any sense so it's effectively a null deployment from Chris, so they didn't put anything down, and in the first turn they just dropped an empty, um, I think it's a Dreadclaw drop pod, so pretty much just that, uh, which it, the deployment was uh, Hammer and Anvil, so long ways deployment, and the mission was uh, War of Lies, I should just explain that. So null deployed pretty much, and I put all my stuff down, and uh, then he kind of proceeded to sort of play this game of cat and mouse with my tanks and things. So we just kind of come on, nibble a few of them. Uh, the javelins came on from the side and they, they took a few to bits. The Thunderhawk came on and that was actually kind of 50-50, I suppose, effective. Uh, it's got a lot of missiles. Um, there was also a lightning with the you know, obligatory crack and penetrating missiles. Uh, and those two between them took a few, a fair few tanks out just by missiling stuff to death. Um, my HQ tank went as well, I think, in that early exchange. And quite difficult to shoot them back. So um, didn't really manage to land a glove on the on the Thunderhawk. Uh, was spent most of my time trying to run away from it so that because I knew that basically nestled inside this 700 point behemoth was uh, three squads of Terminators with chain fists so I didn't want them anywhere near my stuff and while I had the um, Medusas in my army it kind of kept them at bay a bit I think uh, Chris was a bit reluctant to put them down in case they got Medusa to death but uh, so this kind of went on for well, basically up until four to turn four when everything in his army had to come on so he had got the right of war where he re-rolls his reserve rolls um, and he was basically keeping stuff back um, by you know, rolling and then rolling again to make sure he got under four, so it was pretty cool. Um, my army was pretty ineffective against this whole thing, I've got to be honest with you. I uh, didn't really do a massive amount of um, damage. I managed to shoot some of the uh, jet bikes up when they turned up. Um, the fell blade was, was really good, actually. That was probably the, the best performing unit that I had. But uh, all in all, it was a, it was a toughie, this one. Uh, those, like I say, those um, jet bikes with a two plus save are pretty useful with Jink as well, so they're, you know, they're a handy old unit and I wouldn't want to be on the wrong side of them uh, when it came to being in an infantry unit because the other advantage of the Dark Ages they have that uh, with heavy bolters to change the ammo, the AP of the ammo basically, so they can roll a dice and say what the AP is. So, you know, you could be facing three heavy bolters with uh, AP 2, 1, 2 or 3 even. So, you know, pretty useful um, attack option. But um, all in all, good game though, uh, and I think uh, in the end, I think Chris had about 13 points, and I had five. So, clearly, you know, it wasn't—I was never going to really win this one, I don't think. 
Um, yeah, they're sort of vying because all of the jet bikes are troops as well, so they're just kind of coming on and just, you know, getting in objectives or de- denying objectives and stuff. So that's kind of how it went. So, but a good game nevertheless. And then we stopped for lunch, um, which was nice. Uh, Subway lunch, so um, and it was uh, you could have a couple of bits of Subway each, so that was cool. And then the next game um, was against Dom, and that was another Dark Angels uh, game. And uh, this was excellent. I really enjoyed this game. Uh, really good, fun play guy to play against. Really nice army, beautifully painted. Um, all loads and loads of little checkers everywhere. It's like my God, I don't know how you could do that. I get irate doing bloody um, hazard stripes. So how on earth do you have the patience to paint these things? I don't know. But anyway, it looked great. This was kind of like a fairly good matchup because he had a lot of tanks. So he had he had the, the glaive, the obligatory glaive that everybody seems to have. Um, I've done a bit of reading on this, so I looked at the, the things, as you, as you know, and uh, so I thought, okay, I kind of know how to just keep out of its, you know, try and reduce the number of, of uh, tanks in its way, effectively, and also that you can kind of block it with another super heavy, so obviously that means potentially sacrificing a super heavy, it, it, it may be what needed to happen, so the mission was um, Shatter Strike, I think, so where you have to get into, was it Shatter Strike? can't remember one of those two basically the the premise of the mission was you had to get into the opponent's deployment zone and every unit squad unit got into the opponent's deployment zone you got two two victory points for and every denial unit you got into the opponent's deployment zone you got one victory point for so you know quite a quick game had to get the, the stuff on the move to get it across so that was the main prerogative um and also having to avoid this bloody glaive so he had the glaive he had a, a spartan with some uh, Terminators in. Uh, he had two uh, Land Raider Proteuses with tactical squads in. Um, I'm trying to think of what else he had. That's pretty much it, really. Um, oh, he had a, a Leviathan with the Graviton Pulse thing and a the Severing Claw thing. Uh, Phosphex Discharge, Armor Terramite, you know, the normal. And then uh, he had a squad of uh, quad launchers, but no siege breakers, so no phosphex. But that wouldn't have really affected me anyway, because not having uh, anything out in the open to, to kind of knack it with. So uh, turn one was was kind of like an early exchange of fire. I actually managed a siege initiative, which is uh, the first time in about 18 months that's happened. And um, Shot up one of the Proteuses, didn't really get onto the Glaive, didn't really get onto the Spartan. Um, shot some of the crew members from the guns um, and put a couple of hole points or three hole points on the Leviathan. Um, so I kept quite a lot of stuff in reserve on this one as well. So um, I had about, I think I had all of the Rhinos in reserve because I knew I had to basically spend a bit of time to clear some stuff out to get a path through to the other side for the rhinos to run across the board get their guys out and get them into the deployment zone and that kind of worked pretty much 50 50 i suppose uh, lots of kind of long range shooting between the two of us the glaive was you know great at putting like a hole point everything um but i managed to neutralize it as best i could and the game was really good fun because he was coming one way i was going the other i managed to get shoot the guns up and then they failed the leadership and they ran which was great uh, blew the leviathan up but he um took out one of my um Sikarans, the venator i think was utterly useless you know what i was saying about the well it, it came back to haunt me 
in, in a massive way. So I had the Venator, it had a, three rounds of shooting effectively at this glaive. And I kid you not, every time I rolled two dice, I got a one and a two to hit with the bloody thing. So I was like, this is ridiculous. You know, it's in a great position, strength 10, hitting the side armor, so I don't need threes, but nothing, absolutely nothing. So the throw blade did really well as well, again today. Um, got a lot of shots off. Um, you know, it can shoot so many different things. It's got all these kind of different cool guns. So it did pretty well. Took out one of the Proteuses, just by weight of fire, really. And all the while I was moving my guys across the sort of no man's land, um, trying to avoid the bloody glaive so it didn't just, you know, haywire my guys off the board. Um, and that's how it went. The base of the glaive went forward into my deployment zone. Um, and in the end, I decided that the tactic of blocking it with my super heavy was the best bet. Uh, so that's exactly what I did, really. I just kind of made sure that everything that was behind it, everything was behind it, so he couldn't get a line past them and just um, waited for him to shoot me with the glaive, really. So uh, it was pretty effective. Um, in the end, it, I, I, we kind of got within three inches of each other between the glaive and the fell blade, and we're just kind of trading shots, which was very, very cool. Uh, I've got to say, one of the coolest moments of the day was uh, sort of my glaive the glaive and the fell blade in kind of close proximity with each other, shooting the shit out of each other. So it was very cool. Really good fun. Uh, excellent kind of play against, as I mentioned. But uh, in the end, I managed to sneak it by one point. So he got some guys in the deployment zone. Um, I got, I think he got one, two units in the deployment zone. Uh, I got two units in the deployment zone, so that was a draw. Uh, no denial units and stuff. And then... I think I won on one of the secondary objectives, which was I, uh, he had more or less units than me. So, um, yeah, a, a, a victory, but, a, but by one victory point, so super close. So, great game, though. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Best game I had today, I think. And then after that, the final game was uh, against my most, as you're well aware, my m most favourite of, uh, of armies to face, the Mechanicum. So this was a auto reductor thing, and uh, that had a lot of things going for it. I've got to be honest with you. So he had a couple of these palace things in a uh, triorius. Tri so they all got haywire. Um, he had some phallic phallic things. They all seemed to have haywire, so they were great. Um, lots and lots of haywire, arc rifles, haywire everywhere. Uh, no, like massive robots. Um, they're all kind of like the the sort of smaller stuff but really really effective and really well played i had a couple of magoses uh we had some some whatever they're called myrmidons um you know lots and lots of things a few most of them in transports but i uh, managed to get them on the move and in this mission um this one i can't remember what it was but it was a name of it but it's when where depending on if you control the opponent's deployment zone uh, or the no man's land uh, how many victory points you get so basically to control a, a sector you have to have more scoring units and the opponent must have no scoring units in that that zone so it was a uh, you know had to get a move on a bit but to make matters slightly worse for me or slightly harder for me because with this mission all vehicles were scoring which was very good on the bad side was that because of the way that this narrative had gone the um the the traitors were coming under fire from the city which we were trying to get to uh, coming under fire from its guns so if you didn't move in the, the vehicle in the movement phase uh, you on a three plus you took a whole point with no save allowed so 
you had to keep things moving, which meant I had to keep moving forward, which I didn't want to move forward because the, the guns would get me, and sure enough, that's exactly what happened in the end. So, although I had a lot of stuff down, um, well, not to start with, I kind of went for a bit of a lesser deployment. So, to start my deployment, um, I had just a fell blade, uh, three Sikarans, and one Rhino down, and kept the rest in reserve because I thought, well, you know, I gonna have to keep moving these tanks if i put all my tanks down they're just going to get clogged up behind each other i'm not going to move them and we're going to just die by the fact that they can't move so uh, and then deployment zones were the diagonals so there wasn't a lot of room to move around in so but anyway long long and short of it was uh, just by sort of weight of fire i mean he had lots of guys with there's these little like little uh, like servo skull things which can basically broadcast the commands or whatever they are from the Magos. So putting them with a unit or near a unit meant that you know you could then give that unit Sunder, for example, or um, plus one to their ballistic skill, or they can use that thing where they, you know, uh, whatever it's called, hazard protocols, where they get plus one to their ballistic skill, but you know minuses to their weapon skill. But you know, going against armor breakthrough, you know, who cares about weapon skill? So um, really, really highly effective army and a really nice guy to play as well. Really excellent um, opponent. Uh, we had lots of laughs because it was it was fairly obvious fairly soon I think that, that as soon as he got his guys within um, hell, uh, haywire range that it would be all over for me and that's exactly how it turned out so it was absolute carnage this game it really was I think um, I don't think I had, a, I had hardly anything left at the end of it uh, the fell blade actually died um, he had oh he had uh, two of the tri I can't remember what they're called the um, these are the Mechanicum tanks with um, Strength 9, I think they're AP2, uh, four shots, ordnance, and obviously you could, you could then give them the orders as well. So they were really, really good. They had like Sunder and Tank Hunter and Christ knows what else on them as well. So, uh, you know, they were just murdering me. And with the, the thing about Mechanicum is, you know, 13 armour with a flare shield, it's just like, you know, not a lot you can do about it really. So, um, but they were very, very effective, and they did a really good job, and uh, they kind of ripped through my tanks in no time at all, really. And I don't think I didn't, didn't manage to destroy them. I took a fair few of the guys out, and there was one point in the game where I knew after this it was game over, was uh, I managed to get my producers. My producers, I left my producers in reserve, so I thought I'd drive them on, they can fire, and they can cause some damage, rather than just sit, sit there and get shot at. And uh, I drove them on, and I basically had uh, three Medusa shots on top of this, this squad of... Um, Myrmidons and with the Magos and they, he had two Knight Errants as well which was quite interesting um, as well so they one of them had a Narkling so giving the squad feel no pain and stuff like that so you know quite a well thought out list uh, so anyway strength 10 against toughness 5 I'll be instant killing them managed to get for once my scattered ice didn't scatter too far managed to get them down landed on his head I was like excellent got eight wounds I think after I rolled all the dice, so eight wounds, I was like, well, there's only six in the squad, you know, he's going to have to make all these four pluses, and no word of a lie, he made eight four pluses, just off the bat. It was like, oh, okay, this isn't going to go my way now. So, but, like I said, it didn't, it didn't bother me, I mean, it was a really good game. And it didn't feel like a foregone conclusion, if I'm honest with you, it still felt pretty close, and I was just trying to do enough to hold off, um, you know, in the end, what happened was, nobody had any of the sectors, or any of the zones, so um, which was great. But he's his two knight errants that he had basically had that secret mission, and the secret mission was to 
protect one of the independent characters who maintained his protectedness. Uh, so he got four victory points for that. Um, he had more units than me, or he killed more units than me. I think it wasn't. He, had more, he certainly had more units left on the table than me. Um, and I think he got slow the warlord as well. So all in all, um, I don't think I got any victory points. I think he got seven or eight or something like that. So another uh, fairly convincing victory for the non-armored breakthrough list. So, but yeah. All in all, I've got to say, I was absolutely knackered by the end of it, mind. Um, three games in a day is, is a killer for me. I'm just too old and my brain's too frazzled. So it would have been really good to stay there and uh, like have a chat with people afterwards, but I was just too tired. So I decided to call it a day and came home and uh, got a McDonald's. Great. And uh, basically been in the, in the room since. So, yeah, but a really good day. I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. I'm not sure how many games there are tomorrow. Whether it's two or three, I'm kind of secretly hoping it's two. Um, just because I think after another three three day game, it's going to be tough for the drive home. But uh, we shall see. So yeah, all in all, I'd say it's been one of the best events I've been to. Uh, really well organised. You know, Greg's totally got a handle on everything. There's no everyone knows what they're doing. The venue is fantastic. It's also got plasma screens up so you can see the mission. They kind of put it on your computer or my computer. You can see the mission, which I really like. I think that's a really cool cool feature. You can see how long you've got. You can see what the mission is, all the special rules and stuff. So that's excellent. Um, and yeah, so and really nice people. I think that's really the, the key thing here is um, how cool the people have been. Um, so yeah, looking forward to it tomorrow. Uh, see what other, see how I get on tomorrow. See if I can get two wins to get my averages from from three from three, which would be nice, I suppose. But uh, I'm, I very much doubt it. The the armoured breakthrough. Well, it looks terrifying on the outside. It isn't too difficult to get through, you know. With a with a with a lucky six, it can be all over, and that's basically what's happened. But um, that's not to take anything away from people I've played against who have been very very good players, I must say. Um, yeah, really top of their game, and also really nice people. So, all in all, I've got to say it's really lived up to its expectations so far. So, we'll see how tomorrow is, and then we'll check in. Okay. Yeah. So okay. So um, how did uh, how did you? So how did it go? Yeah. So it was pretty much the same as the first day. If I'm completely honest with you. Um, my dice roll. I don't know. Well, I've had a bit of a think about this because it's easy to blame your dice rolling, and you you kind of thinking, oh man, you know, when you're rolling ones and twos, and your opponent's rolling fives and sixes, it just feels awful, because no matter what you do, you know, it's always going to be that that way. So I had two games on the on the Sunday. Um, the first one was uh, against a guy called Chris, and he had a, another Dark Angels army, and Dark Angels are very popular now. Um, definitely, I think from the ten or nine or ten uh, loyalist players, I think four of them were Dark Angels. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had um, he had a falchion rather than a glaive because there were a lot of glaives. Yeah, um, and he had a Venator, he had a Derrideo, um, he had a couple of um, Contemptors, a couple of. Ven- squads in um, in rhinos uh, all of that kind of caper um, the jet bikes were particularly horrible um, so all the jet bikes that I have you know got two plus save four plus jink save they've all got this um, bio corrosive ammunition or whatever it is you know where you got random AP um, he had a prey tour on a bike on one of these jet bikes as well you know with all the gubbins so it was tough it was a tough list to because um 
it, I think he seized initiative or he went first anyway. So there wasn't a massive amount of cover and the old armoured breakthrough just, just kind of crumbled, really. Uh, I tried to put as good a fight as I could, if I'm honest with you. Um, I lost quite a lot. In, so in this particular mission, uh, you got points for killing something in the first turn. Um, I'm trying to think what the mission was. So let me just give us a second and I'll just put, bring it up. But So there were some special rules in place as well uh, around this, which was about reserves coming on. And if you brought anything on from reserve it, on a roll of a three plus, it took a wound or a hole point. So obviously I had nothing in reserve except my flyer, which had to go into reserve. Uh, and uh, the mission was War of Lies. No, that was the first one. It was Onslaught, actually. Um, so yeah, this one, basically, you get you got points for the th things you killed in the first round. And then uh, it was basically everything you got into the op opponent's deployment. Oh, there was one objective in each, each deployment zone. And that was worth five points. So it was really kind of like a mad dash across the board to try and hold these deployment zones while you know, keeping the other person away from your deployment zone, but also trying to kill as many things as you could in the first turn. And in the first turn, with all of that firing from that armor breakthrough list, I managed to destroy a rhino. Um, ah. To be fair, he blew up, he blew up a couple of um, Karens in the first turn, um, and my editor, I think, as well. So, you know, I'd lost three tanks and he'd lost a rhino. So it was, never, it was always going to be tough from that point on. Um, and it just felt like I was constantly on the back foot, uh, weirdly. I couldn't just, just didn't seem to land a glove on his army. Every time he had to make an invulnerable save, he would make an invulnerable save. Every time I made a cover save, he would make the cover save. So it just felt really hard, just like a real slog. Um, my flyer, when it came on, lost the whole point, obviously, for coming on, and then got shot out of the sky by the intercepting bloody Derrideo. So it was just a, a, a more of the same, really. I, I could just had this overwhelming feeling that no matter what I was going to do, I wasn't going to win this one. And that's exactly what, what it proved to be. So I managed to get a squad up the board towards the deployment zone and onto this objective, but they got wiped out very quickly by a squad of um, heavy bolter-wielding uh, um, Dark Angel um, troops, not troops, but, you know, the guys, the heavy weapon team, with obviously with this ammo that, you know, you can get a AP 1, 2 or 3 with 50% of the time. So they just basically folded under that onslaught of fire. Um, the Medusas actually did okay in this game. Uh, they managed to hang around for a bit and did a bit of damage, but nothing spectacular, really. I didn't get anything on the Fellblade, sorry, on the um, on the uh, Falchion. I, I was kind of exchanging shots with it with the with the Fellblade, um, but it was it was only a matter of time before he rolled a six on the on the D table, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, when I was down to six whole points, he then rolled a six on the D table. You know, six whole points plus six D six, the thing was gone. Yeah. So it just got, everything just got kind of shot off the board, which was weird because statistically, you would think that I would be able to, you know, with all of those heavy bowers, all the las cannons, all the sicarians, and all the rest of it, it'd be been, you know, shooting its way out of this. But it just didn't really happen. It was just felt, you know, every every shot on a tank would blow it up effectively. So it just got a bit depressing after a while. So, um, although I've tried to not blame the dice or blame my luck, I think there was an element of it in that game. But um, whether it would have made any difference in the long run, I'm not sure. So, had that one, lost that one. And then the second game, last game I had, um, was against uh, Salamanders. This was like a super elite force. So, it had Vulcan, it had the, um, 
the Terminators with the two wounds and the three plus invuns. Uh, had some raping laser destroyers. It had a ten man Vulcan, Vulkite Calver squad. Um, had a Venator. Um, had another. Uh, I think the had a Spartan which had Vulcan in and a Praetor, and it had a Land Raider which had these five fire drakes. I think they're called, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, basically, I had first turn. I set up for the first turn. Had my firings all sorted out, thinking, right, I've got side armor on the Spartan, so it's not going to use his flare shield because everything, everything had a flare shield. And he then seized initiative. And so everything got shot off that could have done anything about it. And then it was just a question of him driving across the board with Vulcan and then just unleashing hell. Now, what I'd done is I'd thought, well, I know what's going to happen here. He's going to drive forward, he's going to smash me up. So I'm going to leave my Medusas off the board. And then, because I've got a Damocles, I'm going to use a Damocles to then, you know, roll for a two plus to bring the producers on to you know if he's got out of the tanks at that point or got him out of tanks i can flatten him but the other thing about this mission was um you got this is the one where you get a point for choosing a type i can't remember what it's called uh, off the top of my head but it's the one where you can say right all tanks give me two victory points effectively and of course all i've got is tanks in my army so mm-hmm. You know, you're getting, you know, 28 victory points if you destroy army. He had five tanks. You know, that was his most prolific unit because he had a bigger, it was very elite. So if I'd gone for, I thought it was easier to kill tanks with my tanks and this would be to kill his troops. So the yeah. best I could have hoped for, really, would be to destroy five tanks. And I hope he doesn't destroy five more of my tanks. But taking out five of my tanks is very easy, as he proved. Because once Vulcan got out of his little um, Sparta, he just went to town. You know, he, I think he killed the Fellblade in two turns. I mean, he's five attacks or whatever it is. He's got Mastercrafted, Christ knows what. what um, strength 10 armor bane hits on the rear armor, so it's always going to at least glance if you double one it. Um, and he just murdered it, basically. So nothing I could do about that. The other guy just went through the squad. The, um, the uh, fire drakes smashed up another thing. Um, and the... Venator did nothing that got destroyed by laser destroyers, I think. Uh, and I could not roll more than a, a one to bring the Medusas on. So three turns, you know, and nothing, they didn't turn up. And I was like, at that point, I thought there's something seriously wrong here. I can't be rolling statistically this many ones and twos. It's beyond a joke. So although it was a great day and it was a really good opponent, it was a lot of laughs, after a while, you're just like, I can't believe this is happening anymore. And I was just like, I'm. I think by turn four, I thought, I've got nothing left, really. I'm just going to call it and, you know, get on my way home um, because it's, it's obviously not going to be my weekend in any way, shape or form. So um, That doesn't take anything away from the games. The games were really well run. Uh, the weekend was really good. I mean, the people were excellent. Um, there was a really good kind of vibe and atmosphere to the to the event. It didn't feel particularly gamey, although, you know, the lists were stronger than we have locally mm-hmm. um, by some way. Um you know, these are people who probably play quite a lot and play, you know, with ideas about, you know, how the best combination of units. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't massively gamey or, you know, win at all costs, but the lists were harder than, than I expected. I mean, I, I toned down my uh, armor breakthrough list and I kind of wish I hadn't, um, if I'm honest with you. But, you know, it was it was good fun. Um, met some really nice people, had some really good conversations. So that's the main thing. And I thought the event was very well run by Greg. It was seamless. There was no, no hassle. It was all, you know, we knew what we were doing. The event was very, 
good. The actual where it was hosted was good. It's a nice gaming centre they've got there. Um, it looks really like beaten up from the outside, but inside is lovely. Uh, massive area. They've got cop on the floor, which is a rarity for any gaming venue that oh, I've been to. Because normally yeah. it's stone and the, you know the they're um, or concrete or something, and the you know dice are pinging around all over the place. Um, you know, had a bar there. Really nice. Um, it's, it was better than than the one at Cardiff, I think. The venue itself was really nice. Um, cool. And quite big as well. So cool. definitely go there again. So, um, but yeah, it was it was good. Like I said, it was just, uh, I think there was a couple of lessons learned from me, which was um, yeah, about list building and, you know, what you think is going to happen. And is it the fact that, you know, my, le- my roles are that bad or is it that I'm just hoping for fives and sixes and I'm just not getting them? Because if that's the case, then it's probably isn't, statistically abnormal what the roles that I'm getting I just noticed the ones and twos more but mm. there were times when I was just like I can you know I will roll four dice and I will get a twos two two ones and a, and a four when I've got three plus saves to make you know and it's, it happened quite a lot that weekend so I even changed my dice three times if you believe that I actually had three sets of dice with me and I changed them three times across the weekend because they were I just there's something wrong with these <laughs> dice clearly there wasn't something wrong with like, something wrong with me, or there's something wrong with my expectations of my army. So, um, so yeah, but it was like I said, it was good. Uh, I didn't get too depressed about it all because it's only a game. Uh, but it was certainly an, an eye opener about you know how some of these some of these other lists are, are really high on the meta uh, side of things. You know, the, the Dark Angel stuff's really difficult to get through. Um, I wouldn't particularly want to go up against it with an infantry army, you know, because you took all of the jet bikes of two plus armor with a four plus jink, as I've mentioned, and they've got potential to be doing AP three heavy bolter shots, you know, per jet bike. So plus they've got this special rule where they can come on and bugger off again. So they're quite hard to pin down. So yeah, I think dark angels with glaives, it seems to be the, the thing that people are doing a lot of at the moment. Mm. Um, I liked on the whole, I liked the um, mechanicum list a lot. Ben's Mechanicum list was a lot of fun to play against, but tough. I mean, super tough. You know, everything about Mechanicum is tough, but this was this was really really tough. Uh, there wasn't a bad, you know, there wasn't a chink in that in there anywhere that I could see. I mean, he had a Magos, and this Magos had like little little servo skulls that yeah. you could deploy elsewhere on the build, on the board with other units mm-hmm. to kind of give them orders. You know, and they're kind of like they're um, you had the Haywire guys, so the Haywire whatever they're called. Skitter, Skitter, whatever they are, the I don't know what they're called, but anyway, the haywire version. So once they got up close, after they got out there, um, Treos, you know, they're haywiring, you know, a tank a turn because there's X number of shots there, yeah, you know, shots each, and they're just just murdering tanks for fun. So, um, really tough stuff. You know, there wasn't a, there wasn't a weak point in that armor anyway. So, uh, my breakthrough would just just crumble under that, even with you know the big tank. Just no charm. So, apart from that, I really like that army though. I've got to say because it was it was really good. It was a really well thought out army. Um, I was spent a lot of time honing it and getting it right. But it wasn't a net listy one, if you see what I mean. It didn't feel like somebody just got all oh, right. What's the worst things I can have in the in the Mechanicum army? It felt like an army that had been crafted rather than one that had mm-hmm. been assembled. That makes any sense. So, and a good player as well. You know, people knew what they were doing. So, all in all, it was it was good fun. Um, the armor breakthrough really did show its weaknesses, though. I don't think it's as fearsome as people make out. Uh, it's very easy to get around it, and the disadvantage of a tank is that you know 
you hit it with something with AP1, it's it's going to blow up two thirds or you know to one third of the time at least, and you're really going to at least put it out of action if you've got it a penetrating hit on it for a turn. So you know if you can get to them and shoot them, they they will crumble really quickly, and that's yeah. exactly what happened. If I'm honest with you, so but never mind, all good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, I would definitely go again, and I'm I'm I've booked some tickets for. Uh, the one in Derby as well because I enjoyed it so much. So, but I won't be taking an armor breakthrough for that. I'll oh, tell you that cool. So that was it, really. It was a good, good weekend. Good vibe. Really nice kind of crowd of people. Uh, the, the the scenarios were good. You know, they some of them were very hard for me. The one where um, I think there was one specifically that if you moved above over six inches, you took a whole point effectively. Um, so you know all my army was basically stuck and it had to move there was one also where i had to move if i didn't move i would take a whole point so it was you know it's like jesus every you know my army's designed to sort of sit there and shoot things and then try and grab some objectives if it's an objective game but having to actually move things particularly moving things towards mechanicum we've got a lesser range was a bit of a pain in the ass and also it's actually quite difficult to deploy 14 tanks in a in a deployment zone that isn't just the normal dawn of war one because it's uh you know it's a it, it's, you've got to kind of squeeze in these tanks into this area because you don't want to get them charged but you've got no option really so so definitely had its had its uh, weaknesses i think but all in all definitely a good event not so, so much me being a good player i think that's basically the takeaway there yeah cool. so yeah so that was that um like i said there were some nicely painted armies as well there's Plenty of photos on the on the Edge of Empires uh, Facebook page that show some of them. Um, yeah, and they were, they were, it was good fun, good times. So that's me. I'm kind of gamed out, if I'm honest with you. Yeah. So uh, that was uh, that was a lot of games. I was exhausted by the end of Sunday, as you always are for two days of gaming. Um, but it just, uh, you know, I think it was also the the relentless. Uh, bad luck streak that made John, our local John, you know, look like the luckiest man. Like I said, if I could find a game where I could roll ones and twos, and that would be a good result, yeah, I would be, I would be unstoppable. Yeah, you, and, you, John, and Gareth, unstoppable. We could clean up in any of those games where you have to roll a one or a two. I'd be the master. Uh, unfortunately, unless of course it's a bloody leadership test, in which case all the fives and sixes come out. But. Um, yeah, I would be the master of that because it was pretty poor. But like I said, looking back on it, I'm not so sure it's that and whether it's just the army itself doesn't lend itself particularly well. Um, so so that was that. So that was me and my massive number of games, which was horrific in this month. I've got to say, two events in a month is, is quite hard work on my brain, which isn't the best. What, your brain? <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose there is that. <laughs> My, my ability to tactically think for two weekends in a row, at least, is, is a struggle. Yeah. So, but at least, like I said, I didn't have to organise that one, so that was good. I could just turn up and play and, and do my thing, so that was cool. So, have you had any other games other than the ones um, I played Kit yesterday. Uh, right. Kit Wickens uh, and his yes, Alpha Legion. The week before, yeah. Yeah, that was... Um, that was a that was an okay game. It was it was it was we played. Uh, oh god, what's the mission? The mission where you have to get people into the other deployment zone. 
think it's uh, Shatterstrike, I think. Yeah, basically, um, he had infiltrating Alpha Legion without yeah. flank. Um, yeah. I had a big Mastodon and 20 Terminators. Oh. So he was always going to win that one. Yeah. So it was basically a case <laughs> of uh, me shoving... me pushing my Mastodon right down the bottom of the table and him infiltrating and outflanking onto the other side. Right. Uh, wow. And basically me not doing much at all. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, he had a, a, a Solar Auxilia um, detachment, uh, you know, uh, allies um, mm-hmm. who were using um, a, a, a Malkador Infernus. Oh, Jesus, yeah. So, you know, that just deleted the squad of Terminators a- as soon as they got out. That's a unit deleter, isn't it? Because it's AP2, that flamer, isn't it? Yes, yeah, AP2, Poison 2. Jesus, yeah. So uh, my, uh, uh, my, uh, my uh, Mastodon couldn't get its, uh, its Siege Melter array close enough to the Malkador to, 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 to really hurt it. Got ya. Because it's, uh, it's got a really cool uh, four blast template, uh, well, large blast template wep- uh, melter weapon on, right. on the front of it, but it's only 12-inch yeah. range. Right. So to get the melter effect, you've got to be in six inches. Yes. And there was a bit of scenery <laughs> between me and the Malkador. Ah, bollocks. So I just couldn't get close enough to really do it. So I was hoping for strength eight to, you know, to hurt front arm 13. 13. Yeah. Yeah, it's always an ask, isn't it? It reminds yeah. me, actually, because I had three Medusas. Talk about blast timbers. I had three Medusas in my breakthrough system. No word of a lie, I'm not convinced it's a good idea. Because the, th- the second and the third blast template, very rarely, if you roll any kind of scatter on them, they very rarely go anywhere near where the where you want them to go, if you see what I mean. So, getting four blast templates is slightly different because they're not, they're, not all, they're not barrage, are they? They're just straight up four shots. Might be slightly easier with the Mastodon, but yeah, I found that the Getting three blast templates where I wanted them to go was a, was a job in itself with the with the um, medusas. Yeah. So, um, other than that, anything else? So, so did you win or did you lose? Was it a draw? Uh, I you, lost because he just put everything in the deployment zone. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, the old uh, Infernus is, is certainly. Um, an interesting tank, certainly a scary tank. That's no doubt about that. But um, you don't see many of them. There was one at this weekend, actually, um, which was with a. Uh, I think it might be militia or it might be solar artillery. I'm not sure. Um, that was a good little list. They had a little um, demolition tanks. You know the little tiny little land raidery ones that look like epic land raiders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cyclone, cyclops, dem- demolition vehicles. You had a, like five of them. I think they just run them forward and just blow up, which sounds really cool. So that'd be quite an interesting tactic. But yeah, all in all, not too bad in terms of events. So what events have we got coming up? Are, uh, well, well, we've I've, got Blood and Glory. We have. So I've got my tickets booked with my brother. Yep. And you're going to go along and help Craig? Yeah, I'm going along as a gopher. Very cool. Very good. That'll be, uh, that'll be enjoyable. Um, yeah, well, so, uh, he runs good events, so I figure you know I may as well get some, um, yeah, get some experience. Yep, yeah. I've got. Um, I'm not taking the armor breakthrough. This is two and a half thousand points. This one, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm going to take a, a, a more a more competitive list than I would have taken. I think. 
just knowing what people take these days. So um, I'm going to unleash the glory that is the uh, quad phosphex um, mortars, I think, will be coming out and maybe um, Iron Havocs with Las Cannons and the Derrideo, because I was quite impressed with the, the guy's name was Chris. Uh, his Derrideo did particularly well against mine. Strength 10 with the Las Cannon thing, which is actually quite good against Spartans, I've decided. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also got the rule where if you do a hole point, it also can take another hole point off, uh, I think it's called Exoshock or something. Yeah. Uh, so that's quite cool. So, um, and it's it also doubles up as an anti-aircraft thing. So if somebody is going to rock up with a load of um, lightnings or xiphons or whatever, I can just use that. So I'm going to have that. I'm going to have an ammo dump. I'm going to have my defence line. I'm going to go loyalist so I can use Keir Valen's ability to reroll ones. I'm basically going to try and get some kind of reroll going on in my army because. Like I said, my ability to roll ones is legendary. If I can at least re-roll some of them, I might have a chance of hitting something. Mm-hmm. So that is the plan. So I'm going to be putting that together. So I've got the Derrida to paint. Uh, I'm going to take a Vindicator, actually. My one and only tank will be a Vindicator. Um, just because it's quite cheap, fits the points, and it's strength 10 as well, um, which is all useful. Um, and you don't see many of them either, interesting. Yeah. Yeah on the heresy scene so I'm looking forward to that it should be good my brother's taking a, a custodies list which I've seen which makes no sense to me but sounds pretty horrible um, and I think he's he's using Val, Valador whatever his name is yeah Valdor yeah so it, it, was a, it was a beast apparently so should be good but we both be on the same side it should be a, mm. a, a strange occurrence so, so we've got that to look forward to and then after that we're planning for the heresy weekend aren't we Yes. So this is our the, the um, Warhammer camp, as it was affectionately uh, um, dubbed, uh, I think by Jason Mullins. Uh, so we'll be planning that in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully get some tickets out. A lot of people have been asking me about it, uh, about when we're going to start and when the tickets are going to go on sale. So I think we're going to have a bit of a rush this year. Um, and it's just going to be a question of depending on who's going to come, really. Yeah, I mean, we've got... And, uh, and what we do. Yeah, we've we, we, got... Oh, what are the dates again? Uh, it's the end of March, isn't it? Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, it's the 24th and the 25th of March. Uh, but people can arrive from the uh, evening on the 23rd. Yep. So that's next year. Um, and... Yep. Yeah, so basically, it's a uh, we've got a large hall. Uh, attached to that hall are 40 beds. Um, we can only hold 30 players, though, <laughs> at the most. Um, yep. So basically, you come along, you get your food, um, you get your two nights accommodation um, in dorms, and basically, you can turn up on Friday, start drinking, and then not stop until the Sunday. You can... Well, you can. you can do that, or you can play some games. Yeah, well, play some games, yeah. <laughs> obviously, playing games in the middle... <laughs> Um, yes. So we've got five games planned. Yep. Uh, and this year we're dropping the points slightly to 3,000. Yeah. So to make the games a little bit uh, more tighter. That's one. Yep. And. Uh, I think 3,000 seems to be the, the, the norm these days. Yeah. Um, um, we don't know what costs we're going to do yet, do we? Or have you thought about yeah, costs? Yeah, we, I know we, we, more we, did, we did figure out the costs um, back at the, back in March. 
at the end <laughs> of the yeah. last one. Um, the t- the, it basically, sorry, so it's uh, sixty pounds for a ticket this year. But as I said, yeah. that gets you your food and your accommodation as well as yep. your games. Um, yes. And it, that being held at the Moor House Adventure Centre, which is uh, just outside Durham, um, sort of between Durham and Sunderland, um, not too far from the uh, off the A1. Not too far at all, and you can get a taxi on the station or give us a shout, so we might come and get you. Yep. If we've got a lot of people coming in that way. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, yeah. Well, yeah, so we've made a few improvements this year. Sure. I mean, the, the the big one that people were, that, that we got most comments about was coffee. Yeah. Yeah, we got, um, <laughs> uh, got a big, you know, the coffee was rubbish because we only had instant coffee. So we're, we're going to take along one of those Tassimo coffee machines. Um, you'll have to pay for the fancy coffee. You can still get, um, you'll, you'll still be able to get, uh, uh, you know, instant coffee, but we'll have slightly better uh, cost of coffee uh, from the Tassimo machine available as well. Very good. Uh, for a little bit extra. That'd be cool. Um, yeah. And then what else do what else we change? Oh, we're getting we're hiring in tables this time. Tables. Yeah. Uh, flat tables, so they don't have a lip on the edge. Yep. Like the venue's got lots of tables, but uh, well, it doesn't have lots of tables. We we, we kind of struggled last year with the tables because they said, "Oh, we've got enough for you," and it turned out they didn't. So, what we're we talking thirty people maximum? Is that just thirty people scenery? maximum? But that yeah. includes the scenery because obviously we we don't have that much scenery. We, you know, we got enough scenery, nah. but you know, we can't we can't yeah. uh, you know get do more. get more. That, well, we could get more than that, but <laughs> uh, we can't fit more tables in. Right, got you in the hole. That yeah. makes sense. So, um, speaking of which, I'm, I've got a bit of scenery to, to paint up for it this year, a little bit extra. I've got a, a plasma obliterator and some um, uh, quite cannon craters that I need to do. Nice. Um, cool. But, but yeah, no, it's going to be fun. Um, it's basically, um, we're working on the campaign pack at the minute. Um, we've got a few, I mean, we looked at the Shadow Wars, but I think we weren't going to go with that, were we? I don't know yet. I mean, it depends on... I think there's advantages and disadvantages. Yeah, it's but we're we going to be having a, a bit of a meet. Make it, yeah, I think it's whether we can make it work. I mean, what we're trying to, we're trying to achieve is that balance between giving people a influence over the outcome without making the outcome a foregone conclusion, yes. which is quite difficult. Yes, exactly. Because, I don't know, you know, you know, it's like, I don't really want the thing to be completely decided by game the end of game three, for example, I'd like it so that there's still an option and, you know, you can kind of do some balancing with these things between each round to make it, a, you know, to try and make things get back on. So if one side is completely monstering the other, because in this, the one I was talking to Greg, the, the traitors didn't win a round. Mm-hmm. You know, we got mullered, you know, from game one to game five, we got absolutely mullered um, non-stop. So... Although it, you know it's cool and everything, it would be quite nice to think. Well, actually, you know, if we get past game three, we've still got a shout. You know, we've still got a look in here. We might be able to do something in the next day to turn it around. Which is what happened, if I'm not mistaken, in the last weekend. I think it was the law of this sort of way till the last day, and then in the, the last two games, I think the um, traitor forces kind of switched the battle back. Yeah, yeah. So I think it is. You know, we'll see how it goes, and we'll see if we can come up with something because it's the. It was the transition time as well between um, between games that people said took too long. Yeah. So yeah. we were kind of writing the narrative dynamically. Um, we need to come up with a quicker way of doing that or a quicker way of putting these kind of balancing things in 
some sort of tree branching narrative or something, which is quite complicated. So, and I was trying to get around that by using the Shadow War thing because it takes that narrative aspect effectively away because it's all being decided by mm. the, the writing your own story basically by the decisions that you make. Yeah, which is what another thing that people wanted to be able to feel they had a influence over. So, I think what we were saying is we wouldn't necessarily want to go back to sectors. We might do one planet. Yeah. Um, because that might make it a little bit more, um, sort of a bit more real for people, and potentially have something like the Mighty Empires thing we were talking about, mm-hmm. where it's called Galactic Empires. I think it's called, isn't it? Where yeah, yeah. it's all hex-based and stuff. So we're going to pick one. Of we'll them have up. a look at some of those as well. Pick one up yeah. after Christmas, I think. We'll have a look at those as potential options and see what we can do. Because it would be nice. I always like the idea of you know, people getting around a map board and going, "Well, I'm going to attack here." And I'm going to attack here, and I'm going to attack here, mm. and then they say, "I'll oh, defend this, I'm going to attack that," and then we can see like how the battle evolves effectively. Yeah, um, you know, we could people put pins in where their armies are and things like that. So you feel like you've got some influence in the in the, the overall result, so that your decisions, not just in the way that you play the game, but from a strategic level, actually have some bearing. And I like the idea of doing that mm. in some manner. How that how that works out. We're not quite sure yet. And we've got a meeting about that. I think the 23rd, haven't we? 23rd of September. Just got to decide where to go and stuff, what to do. Yeah. Yeah, So once we know more, we'll let people know. Yep, but the tickets will be going up on sale on Monday. Wow, okay. They're £60. Yep. Um, And hopefully we won't have the event pa- we'll have the event packs available slightly afterwards if you listen to the, the the sons of heresy did a fantastic review of um what we did uh this year so i'd highly recommend you go listen to that episode i will include a link to it in the show notes yeah um because i think i think they were really impressed by it and i'm glad i mean I, they described it as the best heresy event they'd ever been to they did you're right um, which is high praise indeed from those guys because they go to a lot and they're really good players. So. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, cool. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Uh, we've got Phil, who's uh, who was talking to me last night. You know, he's looking forward to it as well. And yeah, I think it's going to be good. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So uh, so that's that's the upcoming events uh, that that we've that we've covered. Uh, is there anything else going up? No, no, not really. So no, I think I, I think, think that's us for the night yes totally okay so we'll uh yes next one next one (laughs) we're gonna get to this talking over each other no one wants to say goodbye so the next podcast we'll probably do i don't know same time next month or do you want to hang on until we've gone after we've come back from the one uh in november same time next next month is cool uh so um it will come out weekend of the 7th 8th of october yep yep makes sense and you can hear about our preparations for that one and what we're doing and games we've been playing so go from there all right so i will say good night and uh thanks for listening yep and good night from me and uh have some awesome games out there all right thanks night night